Hello, 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 and welcome. It's true, it's cult, it's pop, it's episode 50 of True Cult Pop. I'm Stephen Hill, I hope you are good, I hope you're well, I hope you're having a lovely time. I'm joined as ever by my compadre in Sonic loveliness. Fuck it, I was so close to doing not, something not good youth. then. <laughs> not youth, no. not Sonic youth, definitely. We're not in Sonic youth. Yeah. Even though you could pass for Lee Ronaldo, Gaz. Well, I'll, I'll take that. The probably the mid nineties version of me could have done with me A level curtains. Absolutely, oh, no. and that is the one that I was thinking of. Oh. How you been, mate? You're right. Gaz Jones is here, by the way. Everyone, there he is. How you doing, Gaz? I'm good, man. I just got one thing to say. Book him, Dan. I'm murder one. So, excuse me. Fifty five O Hawaii five O. Oh is right, it, is okay, this on? right. Is this on? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I've Can never seen know? Hawaii. Never seen. <laughs> <laughs> never seen Hawaii five O. Don't know what you're on about. Okay, but good. I'm sure someone else was. I'm the ignorant one here. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, what a rubbish joke. Because yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen Hawaii five O. Yeah. Anyway, could, let's could move you on. just nod for the good scene? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good week. What's been going on? Uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Mm. Um, what's been going on? Just um, this week seems to be fucking taking forever because shock horror, ladies, gents of uh, the podcast world. I am fucking off work next week. Finally, I have a fucking week off. Thanks, DHL. Other career companies are available, but fuck them. <laughs> uh, uh, you're yeah. you're going to go meet up with Sam Slight, aren't you? I can't For my co-host. Can't do some record ready shopping, aren't you? We do are, mate. Record, do some, do some beer drinking. Oh, I'm glad you know, because he's... he's you know, he's, oh, been, he's kept his class. Is he? Is me? What shall I do with the big man? Ruined, ruined the surprise, haven't I? Whoops. Yeah. What? 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 Beer drinking and record shopping. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought? thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? That's Day time be the last thing. On a Tuesday. Oh. Be the last thing that you'd expect to do in Leicester on a yeah. Tuesday as a music and alcohol enthusiast. I've had an interesting week, mate. Thanks for asking. Appreciate That's that. That's the, got the old uh, went to, yeah went to uh, went to hospital yesterday don't worry nothing serious everyone um, but I have to say a big shout out I don't know if he's listening but Juan Day who dealt with my so oh, well I will, I will tell you because it's this is too much information but it's going to be quite a serious show so I want to have a little bit of levity at the start by talking Why about not? things that grow on your testicles yeah. I be, uh, be bawdy <laughs> go on go on, <laughs> go on. I um uh, uh, in 2018, I had my 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 junk inspected, and they found a little lump on my 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 balls. And I have to go in first of like every three months, and every six months, and every year. And now it's going to a year. It's been five years. Now it's going to a year. And I have to have them sort of dealt with. Like so, I had that the other day. And there's a guy like, and normally I dread it because they don't. It's an ultrasound, so they stick like a a. a an implement into your <gasps> nut, like in and around oh, the edge, roll it around, oh. roll it. And I'm like, look, these are not for playing with. These are actually quite sensitive things, right? And the guy, Juan Day, who did it the other day, um, I have to say he was he was very gentle and he was very considerate. Yeah. How was, yeah, he was how, very, how the was best his, one. How was his cupping? Was his hands warm? It was... It was <laughs> Well, look, he he was wearing gloves and he was using the the, the ultrasound sort of camera thing to just mm. sort of move around. But they do go, can you just pull your willy up and can you move your bit? It's disgusting. What a disgusting way to start a podcast. Anyway, the um the the little thing that we thought might be a problem is uh, it hasn't 
grown five years. He's like, you probably won't have to come back now for a little while. Oh. And I was like, I was like, well, that, that's good. Round of applause for Steve's uh, sack. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well but done, also, sir. thank you to well the because last time when I went last year, there was a lady there who was very uh, inconsiderate. Um, she's, Ooh. I think, she was a Jamaican lady. She had the, the, the she had a, a an accent from definitely from that part of the world, and she was. I was like, it's not a fucking gear. You're not playing Grand Theft Auto, for God's sake. It's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I walked out. I felt like I'd been, I felt like I'd been beaten up after I'd gone out last time. Oh, mate. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad this, this year had a, uh, a much kind of gentler, caressive ending. It didn't have a happy ending, by the way. It's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it didn't, no, no, no. It didn't no, have no. a happy ending. No, no, no. It was all well, very, said a lot very last year, but this year? Yeah. It was, I mean, I mean, I felt fine going out. I didn't feel a little bit traumatised like I have done in the past. Anyway, Good. thanks um, for putting up with that ridiculous story. On the show this week, we're going to be talking about new music from Nature Language, The Chemical Brothers, Olivia Rodrigo, Angel Dust, and Cavell Attack. And we just want to say, before I get into the kind of main part of the show as well, um, we're probably not going to do reviews on the weekly Friday show like we have been doing anymore. I mean, since I sort of started this podcast, the thing that I didn't really want to do was just make it a review show because I think if you go back to other podcasts that I've done, I've the reviews were always the most boring bit i think and i get it right is that you lot want to hear about new music and check out new music and stuff and you want to recommend you want our thoughts on music and that's good so what we're probably going to do is do a monthly stroke bi-weekly roundup of all the stuff what gaz and i have been listening to and we're just gonna bust through those things that we've been listening to and put it out on a wednesday or a monday or you know uh, once a month or once every other week and it will give us more time to make the podcast like the kind of listy, featurey other things that uh, that I really, really want us to do. So um, also it makes it easier for us to kind of catch up on lots of things because I always feel like, oh, fuck, what's out this week? And rather yeah. than going, okay, well, what happened? What came out two weeks ago? What came out like three weeks ago that I might have missed? Um, and, you know, your suggestions are always welcome if you think there's something that we would like and you want us to listen to. That has actually happened this week. Um, I probably wouldn't have reviewed the angel dust album someone hadn't have messaged me mm. on social media and gone oh by the way the angel dust album's out and i was like oh okay yeah cool like i have listened to before so anyway that's probably what's going to happen i don't know if it's going to happen straight away but i think it means we can play a little bit more fast and loose and if a really really big album comes out if something massive comes out like when we did the special review of the blur album mm. we will probably put up its own kind of dedicated review for those big records because obviously like you know giving something you know the, the the time and energy it deserves if it deserves a proper review but there are a lot of things where i just feel like really if we just say like probably what we're going to say today the new chemical brothers album is great if you like the chemical brothers you'll love it mm. we could probably scrap that from the runtime right now couldn't we really that's all you need to know bit more than that but yeah a little bit more than that a little bit more than that but you know like bit, yeah but yeah that's fair yeah short short pithy um kind of christagoo-esque but mm. better but better, yeah. No, not just bomb emojis. We're actually yeah, yeah. trying to tell you what the record sounds like. So anyway, we're probably going to do that. And um, we're kind of going to do something. So I think if that were to happen, you're probably going to get 
serious stuff and then slightly more lighter-hearted stuff back to back so a couple of weeks ago um we got a really good response to the five songs that i wouldn't want to listen to anymore it's a bit more serious and something that i've wanted to do for a little while and i think we had to do it this week because as we record it's the 13th of september so it is two days after the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks and I actually was going through my old magazines the other week and I've been kind of compartmentalizing them into a new storage system that I have in my house. And I found the Kerrang! issue from just after 9-11 and it got me thinking about music's kind of reaction and aftermath to 9-11. So we will be discussing that. We'll be looking back to see what actually happened in the immediate aftermath of the 9-11 terror attacks and the long-term ramifications and how those things kind of look today so that's all coming up in a bit but if you want to go over and help us out financially to patreon.com forward slash pop you can do that you can do that this week we are going to be putting out a your cult pop on a suggestion of your favorite gaz absolutely your favorite so we haven't even recorded this yet and i'm already kind of know what you think about this so we're doing the cleansing by suicide silence that is the next one we're doing. So that'll be out on Saturday. No spoilers, but I think one of us likes it more than the other. Um, is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> there he is. And oh, my, uh, I've, got, I've got a headache just thinking about it. Of course you've got a headache. That's yeah. the point of that music. Yeah. Um, and coming this week, or if you sign up for our £5 tier, uh, where to start with Madonna? There you go. Oh. It's more like it, isn't it? Now that's a, a cleansing. Rude. Yes, it very much is. is cleansing, cleansing the cleansing. Yeah, basically, it's just going to be you and me just wanging off over dear Jesse for about two and a half hours. I tell you, there's a few because one of the things we're doing is we're mm. picking um, five best underrated Madonna singles, mm. and I've gone into some of the older singles that kind of came out, I guess, in the kind of early '90s that people don't really talk about so much anymore. And there are some fucking absolute yeah. rages. Can I can I shock you? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I could pretty much guarantee there's probably going to be about at least three, if not four, are going to be the same in both our lists. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well a, that yeah that nineties period of Madonna, you know, from like erotica, well, kind of from erotica up to Ray of Light, it's almost been kind of written out of history, which is mad. Yeah. fuck me she released some incredible singles amazing yeah. singles in that in that period yeah it, it, it's really really weird yeah. really weird when I go yeah. back there was some I was like oh my god I'd forgotten mm. that, well I'm not going to say what it is but there was mm. one in particular where I was like oh my fucking god I can't believe I've forgotten about this song it's brilliant anyway mm. um, that's what's coming up patreon.com forward slash true cop pop if you don't sign up we'll have to get a sponsor, sponsor like Acast we'll have to get those awful I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts uh, recently no shade on other podcasts but the adverts that Acast drop in in the middle of yeah. podcasts oh, are fuck, all fucking awful and, and they're shit adverts aren't they yeah the, the, the only the only good thing about those those dog shit Acast adverts is the fact that they're exactly 30 seconds long right and I'm I use Google Podcasts like the mm-hmm. app and there's a fast forward 30 seconds button so oh, as soon as stuff. as soon as the advert starts go dink and you're back into the podcast again but I don't want to do that 
have you heard do that i think i heard the worst advert for uh, fucking ever on one of those recently have you heard mm. the advert for the national lottery thing where you win 10 grand a month for the rest of your life or 10 grand mm. a month till you retire or something uh Possibly, I can't right, switch so, off. Where most of any time that I hear Dermot O'Leary's voice, God bless him, I do yeah. just kind of switch off. How much have we won? A million pounds? Oh my god! That shit. If that's oh. bad enough, but there's one where you can. Where two? It's two people. It's just awful. Right, the premise is two people, and they're obviously having breakfast together. Right, and he just one of them goes. Oh, if, if you won 10 grand a month for the rest of your life, how would you level up your breakfast? I mean, firstly, if you won 10 grand a month, don't talk to... If, if you're saying to me, if you won an extra 10 grand a month for the rest of your life, don't ask me what my fucking breakfast would be. <laughs> like, that's the last... What a weird, what a weird question. What a caviar, weird fucking question. cocaine, please. Next question. Well, exactly, right? So the, <laughs> so the premise of his advert should be, if you had an extra 10 grand, what would you have for your, your breakfast? Yeah. You expect to go, oh, I'd hire a private jet and I'd fly to the park outside the Eiffel Tower and I'd get freshly delivered croissants brought to me on a, you know, a fucking snail's painted gold or something like that. <laughs> That's what you think. And the girl goes, ooh, extra bacon it's like oh you're really pushing the boat out aren't you love wow. oh you're really pushing the fucking boat that's a quid in my local cafe can yeah. i have extra bacon it's a quid are you sure you can stretch yeah that extra it's ten thousand and he goes well, what about you lobster caviar scrambled eggs you don't you don't pay more for scrambled eggs if no. i go to cafe and order a breakfast yeah I don't, so I don't right. go, so and they funny. go, what, what sort of eggs do you want? I, well, unfortunately, I don't earn enough money for scrambled eggs, so I will have poached or fried eggs. You choose. But obviously, obviously, I need an extra 10 grand a month if I'm going to have scrambled eggs. It is the shittest advert I have ever heard in my life. It is so phenomenally shit. It's like going, if I said, yeah, mate, if you won the lottery, if you won 20 million, if you, if you won 20 million quid, what would be the f- first thing you'd buy? And you'd be like, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd be straight to M&M World and I'd buy a, like a, quite a big, a medium-sized bag of peanut M&Ms. you go, <laughs> you fucking boring twat. Too boring, boring, go frugal away. twats. That does not make me want to play the National Lottery and win that extra 10 grand. Oh, I can be a boring, frugal twat if I play the National Lottery. Rubbish. I- what, Absolutely rubbish. Whatever the opposite of a boring, frugal twat is, that's me. If I was ever in that situation, I'm, yeah. I've got an extra 10 grand. Fucking nightmare. What, what are you having for breakfast? I want you to build me a fucking time machine. I'm going to go yeah. back and I'm going to have a dodo egg. That's yeah. what I want. That's that's my breakfast if I've if I've got extra ten grand. What am I gonna I'm gonna I'm actually just I'm gonna light a fifty pound note to fry my fucking extra ooh, ooh, extra bacon. Ooh, ooh fucking hell, what steady Fuck Richard me. Branson. Like she, sound, look, she sounds like a riot at parties. Unbelievable. Oh, imagine? So anyway, the point is, if you don't want to hear that shit, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash true cult pop anyway let's um talk about some uh i said before we started let's try and get through this as quickly as possible <laughs> not, a, not a fucking chance we're 15 minutes in already mate i know i haven't even done the songs of the week no. um we're going to be talking about new york quite a lot in this week's show i picked uh this week for my earworm king of new york by fun loving criminals taken yeah from come find yourself the new york trio's debut album come find yourself from the year of our Lord, 1996, the greatest year for music, if you're asking. Just happened to be the year I left school. What a coincidence. Um, a really, really great underrated record, I think. I yeah. think Huey Morgan, for a time, became a bit of a sort of, you know, that kind of post 
never mind the buzzcocks fit that he had and there was this album and then loco the follow-up i mean the title track of loco i think is brilliant and then no, no, the, the album was called 100 percent colombian i think oh 100 the lead yeah, single uh, was loco uh, wasn't it yes no, you're right was it no 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 the first single off colombian was um Barry White saved your life, got you back with your ex. Well, Loco was the following album. I can't remember what the fuck that album was called. No, was the I can't. Third but but yeah. Loco's a killer song. Oh, mate. Right? Really good. And But they yeah. didn't... I mean, I remember seeing them around that time and I really loved that kind of mix. They, they You know, this album went platinum in the UK yeah, and picked huge. number 178 in the US. So not big in the US at all. No. And now Huey is a... You know, I think Huey's a show on Six Music is really good. I've heard him Great. playing... Fugazi and I've heard him playing Typo Negative I've heard him play I think he's played a lot of things I think he's really really good yeah. and it just sort of reminded me of like you know how good this first Fun Love and Criminals album was and the Fun Love and Criminal and of course Scooby Snacks would be the songs that people most know but I, I yeah. think this is this you know this got to number 28 in the chart and it's a really good mix of a bunch of New Yorky stuff really kind of loungy jazz you know kind of coffee shop hip hop and quite kind of boisterous rock and it you know towards the end when it's like new york actually gets quite heavy and it reminded me of like huey's actually a pretty good rapper you know he's got a pretty <laughs> good flow he's got a pretty good flow i mean yeah. like he's um he's uh you know he's he's got like a pretty fucking he's got a pretty fucking good flow i think on um on this i've got the lyrics because i didn't want to get him wrong but there's a few bits on it where he's like he got him from a clipper. He met in the club. Two sticks of dynamite and a 38 snub. He tried to see the dawn without an invitation. He stood outside the gate with his two-man demonstration, waving picket signs in the CSR 9. And only Polly got away with the skin on his behind. Back in the borough, the cops are acting thorough. They raided Frankie's room. That's when they saw his bureau up in the northern. It's fucking, it's really good. Like, he's actually really good. I didn't quite do it justice there. But he's a good rapper, man. He's good. He is. For, for a time, the, the, they were... One of the coolest bands on the block, you know, for a few years, man, they were like, they were everywhere, like Blanket Radio One, Blanket MTV, you know, TFI. I remember Huey like presenting the episode of TFI. He did, yeah, yeah, when, um, yeah. I think after Chris Evans left with with he, with Donna with Donna Air. You don't get much more was. of a nineties couple than that. Fuck Don, me, Donna Air, who introduced at the drive-in by saying that was uh, Rolodex propaganda with at the drive-in brilliant i was like you idiot <laughs> you idiot well of course she doesn't know anything about music she was working on mtv so it's true you know it's true donna air she was in donna biker grave wasn't she air. huh spiker grave i think she was in wasn't she? uh could be i've I just think, googled yeah. i've just googled her yeah. just to sort of remember what she sort of looked like and see what she, now. did she like marry like a saudi prince or something Yes, and she uh, she she fractured her spine the day after Boxing Day last year. Oh. <laughs> well, for, well, fortunately, fortunately in Saudi Arabia they don't celebrate Christmas, so it wasn't Boxing Day really. It was just it was just a Wednesday, it's just a normal day. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, she married someone called James Middleton, who is the younger brother of uh, Catherine, Princess of Wales. But they got to, uh, they split up in 2018. Before that, he was going out with someone called Damien Aspinall, who's a businessman. Okay. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with the fun loving criminals. It's a good song, this, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's it's it's, it's a banger, man. It, Come find yourself it was one of those albums at the time, man. That everyone had a copy of this album. Everyone remembers, you know, obviously you had the big hits. 
You know, Scooby Snacks obviously is fucking gets played twenty times a day on fucking Absolute Radio nineties. For God's sake, even now, uh, with a god awful edit. Um, but like, you know, I remember seeing about Reading, uh, and they were fucking. Yeah. They were fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. They had live chops, and Hughes is so fucking cool. And you can't fuck with that singles catalogue that they. Nah. That you know. From like the first kind of three albums, at least. Um, I mean, Loco was that was that the you gotta be crazy about? Yeah. About it. It Loco like was from yeah. the album Loco. I've just checked. Oh, it was. It was Loco. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember seeing him in Cambridge uh, on the on the the second album tour. Like when I think the single was a single called Love Unlimited, the the Barry White one. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, and you know they were they were great. It's it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of funny that you know they they were so. They were a big band in this country. Yeah, they couldn't even get arrested in in their own in their own kind of country. Where you thought, especially when that album came out, you think in 1996 you had obviously you had the Beastie Boys, obviously, but you also mm-hmm. had kind of Beck doing the kind of sort of mashup stuff. Yeah, and you know, it's it kind of you know what why they didn't kind of fit into that yet broke absolutely massive over here. Yeah, it's weird, well, isn't it? Is. It's weird. I mean, I mean, come find yourself is really good. But you went platinum. Like I say here in the UK, yeah. three hundred thousand copies. And Grave in the constant. That's a great. Grave in the constant. That. Smoke them, smoke them, smoke them. If you got them, yeah. if you ain't got them, then you hit rock bottom. And then bomb in the L, where they, they actually yeah. that's the that they wanted to sample smoke on the water, and Deep Purple yeah. said no, so they just played it. Yeah, punk as fuck, mate. <laughs> good times. Yeah, there's um and like the title track, I think is brilliant. This is a really yeah. good album. This is a proper go back and deep dive this because. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the stuff afterwards. I think they've got good singles, but I'm not sure. They, I don't ever feel like they made an album. No, no, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. But the singles were always great mm. for, yeah, for years yeah. after that. And yeah, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to um, Come Find Yourself in a while. It's, uh, it's one that was going to be going on in the van ASAP. Because oh, I'm just like, oh. You'll have a good time. Oh, you have a ruddy, ruddy good time. Yeah. Um, speaking of good singles, but actually good albums as well, mate, oh, you've yeah. picked a fucking rager here. Oh, yeah. Pray silence, please, for one of the most underrated songwriters of this fair isle. Um, Sir Jamie, yeah, Sir Jamie of Lenmanshire, as I live and breathe. Uh, we're talking about Reuben and the first song I ever heard by them. Um, uh, I think it was literally on the first day that I got digital TV and MTV2. Shout out 2002. Uh, yeah. Scared of the police. With that kind of black and white video with Hungarian subtitles. That I think it was completely kind of homemade. And, uh, but yes, scared, scared of the police, man. It's just, I mean, it came on, it came on um, in the van early this week. Um, and it was just uh, even now when it just kicks in that banang, dang, 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 and just I remember seeing him in uh, in a tiny little club called the Met Lounge in Peterborough, like not long after this came out. Um, the same month I saw Biffy Clyro there as well. It's like a half empty club. There's about fifty people in there. It was unbelievable. Um, I do I do remember being very incredibly gutted when I, I bought Race Cars Race Car backwards like on the day it came out I was so fucking excited for it it seemed like it, it took fucking forever for that album to come out uh, but I just remember being really gutted I bought it I looked at the track list and I was like we're scared of the police 
I was like, you fuckers. <laughs> it's uh, very but much so cerebral, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Mm. But they had, like Brand Ruben had so many amazing like, early kind of songs. Because um... yeah, I got the pilot EP. I mean, my band yeah. supported him when they were Angel. And then I saw him at the Winchester yeah. Railway before this came out, and I remember buying the pilot EP. Yeah. And I was kind of... Is that stuck, 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 was that on the pilot yeah, EP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I've said it before, like, Jamie was uh, <laughs> hilarious, was rude, but hilarious about my band when we supported them. <laughs> and uh, he's very apologetic about that every time I speak to him. And I'm like, I, you genuinely don't need to be apologetic about it. <laughs> we weren't very good. It's fine. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Look, he's like, still bringing it up 20 years later, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's fine. All right. It's, it's fucking it's, fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm not annoyed by it. You, 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 you shouldn't have said it, but it, it, forget it. Just forget it. Stop, just stop talking about it. Anyway, yeah, yeah but like, no, and they were really good. And then obviously, like, I, I remember seeing that on MTV. And that was one of those ones where I was like, oh, my God, like, the fucking, all bets are off now. If, like, mm. this little band who played at, like, yeah. Farnborough, while yeah. the fucking, you know, about four people were watching them and telling them to shut up because the, the Merseyside derby was on. <laughs> on fucking Easter Sunday in a little club in if they're now a year later getting an MTV yeah or anything's possible man. yeah man it, it, it felt that, like it, really exciting that period man you know out of nowhere they were all getting videos on MTV w- wh- why do you think that like obviously you know 100 Reasons Hell is for Heroes Funeral Lost Profits um, you know o- uh, the Ocean Size Biffy um fucking our X's Loaded, Amplifier, all those bands from that kind of period, right? Mm. They all seem to kind of get like either a major deal or signed to like, you know, quote unquote, you know, a decent label, whoever, you know, Columbia or fucking Music of Nations, whoever it is. You know, why why was it that, you know, Ruben would almost kind of left behind? Why do you think that was? Because that has always fascinated me. They, Mate, I have. They no never idea. seem to get the fucking breaks that you know. Hundred reasons and Hellsfurs and Idlewild. Obviously, they're all on the front cover. Crank. Why weren't Ruben on the front cover? Crank. Because fucking Crank fucking loved them. And every time I went to see Ruben, their fans were just like a fucking cult, man. It was just like ah, you know. Well, I think there's a. I think they were slightly behind. I mean, they were certainly behind Idlewild. They were a bit behind Hundred Reasons. They were a bit behind Lost Profits. They probably weren't so much behind, or were they? No, actually, maybe like in terms of the album coming out, they were a bit behind Biffy as well. I've got Million just, Dead, Million Dead, you put in there as well. And Million Dead, Million Dead, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Million Dead never quite broke as big as like those no. ones we're just talking about. And to be fair, by the time Ruben came along, it was all all but over for Hundred Reasons, wasn't it? It was all but over for A. It was all but over yeah, for yeah. Idlewild even. Like, I think, you know, yeah, basically, they were bringing their debut album out when the tide had turned slightly, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think with the exception of, like, I think Funeral for a Friend just got in there as, like, the, almost like the last ones. Because if you think that, like, the next Hell is a Heroes album did fuck all, what's called Transmit Disrupt. Uh, Transmit Disrupt. Decent. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good album, but yeah, it's a decent album. It's fine, but like, you know, yeah, you're right. It's not as good, but like, it's not so bad that it would kill them. I don't think Hi-Fi, not Hi-Fi series, I don't think Teen Dance Ordinance is that bad that it should have just killed A completely. Um, You know, Shatterproof is not a challenge. It's not good, but particularly, but it's got some good songs on it. Yeah, Should it have completely destroyed 100 Reasons? It kind of felt like it did. just felt like everybody... I think Idlewild, I can't remember what Idlewild released after the remote part. 
I can't even remember what uh, the fucking it's, album it's is. The one, uh, warnings slash promises. The one that's got love steals us from loneliness on. Yeah. And they seem to drop off a fair bit. So I think yeah. Ruben were, yeah. were coming into like a, just a downward spiral of those things. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was already being kind of, things were already changing quite drastically, which we will probably talk about in a, when the feature as well, I think yeah, sort of we'll so. tie into it, right? Because yeah. I think it will. Um, but yeah, man, great song. I mean, just a great fucking song. Like, yeah. and Jamie's Wonderful. scream sounds ace in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Scared of the Police by Ruben is killer. Uh, I went to see Trivium last week. I might just say really, really quickly. Um, oh, uh, Trivium at Southampton, um, Southampton Guildhall. Southampton Guildhall. I've not been to Southampton Guildhall since 1996 to go and see Terravision supported by Feeder. They have oh, the same yeah. carpet there. <laughs> uh, and it sounded Whoa, bad then. But it smells well funky now, doesn't it? Because you haven't got cigarette smoke to kind of mask anything anymore. It's <laughs> not a great venue, to be honest. And um, uh, I, I didn't see Orbit Culture, which is a bit of a shame, but my sister lives in... Southampton and I went for dinner with her first and she gave me my birthday present so that took Aww. precedent over getting in early I did see Bleed From Within who are great Bleed From Within are great and if you like that sort of thing that kind of lamagoddy groove metal thing um, Bleed From Within they're so good at doing that and I'm really glad that it feels like people are finally sort of I mean they've been around for years decades nearly nearly decades they've been around for a really really long time and to see them get like a very very healthy reception on you know it was so hot in there as well it was so un- out- like outrageously unbelievably hot in that room um and they were good i mean they didn't sound very good we'll get on to trivium it's like the last show of their um their entire touring cycle for i think they don't think they'll be coming back until like 2025 as far as i know wow. and they were great I mean, the set list was great. The fact that they can pull from, you know, great songs from Shogun, a couple of songs from Ascendancy, you know, a couple of great, like, big songs from In Waves. And then they've got the new songs off of the last couple of albums, mm. which are brilliant, which sound fucking... And, and, and actually, I'm going to chuck in the ones from Sin and Sentence as well. I didn't do much from Sin and Sentence, but, you know, it was, it was fucking great. Like, you know, songs like Catastrophist and, you know, Heart From Your Hate, like, sounded, sounded like they should be played in much better venues the sound was awful mm. the sound was fucking awful and Southampton mm. Guildhall as a venue it is like it's got a roof that goes on and on it's like eight stories high and <laughs> it's just like a room there's no other you can go up to the top and it, the roof just keeps going it's like why have you got this high airy roof so everything like ping pong they all sound like ping pongs up and down everywhere and you know so there's absolutely no clarity in the songs and there was no clarity in the sound at all and it was a really frustrating thing because I, I walked around literally i went everywhere in that room i went to the back i went to the middle i went to the sides i went to the front i went everywhere trying to find a good sound sound really hampered it but trivia themselves were great and i tell you what was great um josh from silosis and justine from employed to serve coming on to do paul harder and the strings of yamata oh wow was fucking Tasty. excellent really really good and then they ended within waves it was great um i'm really really glad that i got to see trivium with literally like the last night before because they will be going away and they will not be coming back for a long time so i feel really happy that i got to see mm. that gig I, it's just a little bit of a shame that they played in a venue <laughs> don't play in southampton is it probably just don't play just don't do anything in southampton because it's mm. you know scummy football team 
That's my here, opinion. Here he is. <laughs> scummer. Everyone I saw was going, scummer, scummer, scummer to him. Uh, but they were good. They were good. Um, Ezra Collective won the, uh, the Mercury Music Prize. Yeah. I've not paid that much attention to the Mercury Music Prize this year no. for whatever reason. I did see, you know, some of I mean, the, I did it's, see the shortlist. You know, the, the Ezra Collective album is it's all right. I mean, it, 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 I just find it a bit surreal that it, it keeps, like, everyone keeps on saying, oh, jazz album is one. It's, like, well, it's not really a jazz album, is it? It's kind of Latino, mm. Afrobeat meets Calypso. There's very little jazz on there, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I coming think... coming from a snooty fucking jazz head like me, <laughs> I can tell you. I listened yeah. to it and I was like, "This is pretty good." But like, right. um, you know, Jockstrap, Jockstrap. I mean, Jockstrap have got a new album coming out. So I've actually got sent that the promo for that Jockstrap, the latest one today, actually. Mm. And like Lancome, there are a few. I mean, the Loyal Carner one obviously was. Yeah. I would have liked Loyal Carner yeah, to have won really. Um, or Young Fathers, you know, were the other ones. And I mean, obviously, Young Fathers have won it before, so. You know, fair enough. Uh, I, but then I would have said definitely Ezra Collective ahead of like The Car by Arctic Monkeys, which I think is just a bit boring. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, it's one of them. I, you know, I, I saw a few people being delighted. I saw it's like anything, really. I think if you like the album, if you're invested in that, you'll be delighted. I, I don't really know what the Mercury means so much anymore, but I, I'm always more interested in the Mercury than I am most sort of awards really because i think it always tends to be i feel like i learn more when i see the shortlist because i'm like oh i've not listened to that or i don't know what that mm-hmm. is or you know or, and there's always one or two things that i really genuinely do want to win like little sims last year i yeah. really wanted to win oh yeah you know, i really really wanted little sims to win i was really fucking you know chuffed when she won so yeah man um i just think it was quite funny that you know they i don't know that uh, after all the fucking hoopla of the the Rolling Stones kind of press conference, the very same afternoon, it just seemed like uh, I don't know. No one seemed to give a flying fuck about what was actually happening that evening. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you know? It feels like the lowest. It feels like the lowest amount of interest. I mean, the fact that yep. I've just gone. Oh, oh, by the yeah. way, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that. You know, I, I, I you know, an old friend of mine was actually at that Rolling Stones press conference and. Um, yeah, I've watched a bit of it. It's just just load of old men just 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 rambling. Have you seen the video for the new song? Uh, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? I mean, well, it it just seems that if if that was anyone else doing a video, if that was like a fucking the new White Snake video, right, where there was a woman <laughs> gyrating on a fucking car, people would be fucking up in arms right but That's because true. it's the stones they're like oh yes we're on the stones it's fine bless them yeah bless so, them. nah and just everyone's saying oh it's, you know, oh, it's best thing they've done years it's not it's rubbish it's rubbish the last that, good album the, the last good mean it's not the best thing they've done years though, well to be fair. well you know to be fair well the, the last great great single they released was love is strong when was that that was 29 years ago that was summer of '94. That's the one that's got. Uh, it's on Voodoo Lounge. It's great. Black, Don't wicked black and white video. And but even then, the last good album they did was Steel Wheels, and that was fucking eighty eighty nine. Mm. It's a it long just, time. Yeah, it's a long fucking time. And, and you know, even Iron Maiden have put good albums out since then. What since '89? Yeah. yeah, at least two. Yeah, mm. even Metallica yeah. have. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 it's true, actually. Mm. I, 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 I don't know, man. It's just, it's, I, I don't really know what they're trying to kind of prove because it's all going to be about advanced sales. It's not going to be like this, this will sell and sell and sell. It's all about those advanced sales. And I don't know. People in their 50s buying buying like a double pink vinyl on record store day they'll know and never fucking play yeah and then they'll go they'll listen to it and go yeah, is it as good as Exile on Main Street no I'm going to listen to Exile on Main Street <laughs> yeah, yeah do you know what I mean that's what I but, might do actually well, maybe we'll yeah. just when it, the week it comes out maybe we'll just review Exile on Main I th- Street I, th- I, th- I think that would be the perfect week to do Exile on Main Street it's a classic album to be honest <laughs> yeah it probably would actually it probably would um, speaking of reviews let's power through five mm. let's, let's, let's give a go of this like do it quick fire review thing that we're going to start doing starting with nation of language this comes out today if you're listening to this podcast today strange discipline i point that out to you because i think you should go and listen to it right now this disciple. is disciple yes yeah, sorry disciple yes that's what i meant to say um, you have no discipline i have you have no read discipline. correctly <laughs> yeah you <laughs> you listen to other people's albums stop it uh, this is the third full-length album from the new york synth pop trio the follow-up to the 2021 album a way forward i cannot believe for the life of me that neither me nor gaz are just going to tell you how great this album is it has got all of the synth pop stuff what we love on it it's got the new order the early killers the human league the japan it's got all of that stuff with a little bit of kind of indie rock twist to it as well surely both of us like this record i i'm going to say i love it i think it's fucking fantastic oh this is fucking glorious yes i've not stopped listening to this all week it's, it sounds like the marriage of um, a lot OMD and Depeche Mode with Phil Oakey officiating with, with, with Slow Dive in the choir. Mm. <laughs> and Peter Hook on bass. Oh, it's just that this is peak fucking like 1982, like synth pop. But it all sounds so kind of beautifully organic and lush and like literally like every song is like an earworm. Every song. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's like you're going on, it's like you get track five, track six, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, it's got me. No, the whole album is fucking stellar. It's it. I don't know. It kind of recalls like you know latter day rocks and music one minute and then talking heads the next. You know, but this is no kind of tribute really. It it, it all sounds kind of remarkably kind of fresh and vital. It's because and, everything's like super clean, super yeah. loud. You know, yeah. really yeah. kind of live sounding and boisterous and modern production. And yeah, it sounds great. I mean, you know. Um, Soul Obsession could be plucked straight off of Hot Fuss by The Killers. Surely I Can Wait is like Maximo Park doing... Maximo? Who says that? Maximo Park in Japan. It's really good. I mean, they do two things, basically, don't they? They do that kind of, like, almost pure pup, almost like a Buggles style, like clockworky, clicking and clacking synth pop, like too much enough is so good. I mean, the bass on that is so good. And then they do kind of, you know, very, very, almost Blade Runner-esque, Vangelis-esque, big kind of, you know, ballad-esque, moving, slow, kind of glacial synth pop. And both of those things are great. I mean, for me, the best song on the album, Too Much Enough is really, really good. Mm. Um, Sightseer is one of the best sort of slow ones on it, I think. I really like the last song. Yeah. I will never learn. But stumbling still with that joy division, like, psst, yeah. psst, 
sound on it like it, it's absolutely brilliant and it's got such a huge chorus and yeah like from the first three you're just like oh everything on this album's going to be great and it is it's just yeah, great it mm. it, swimming in the shadows for me that's the one oh man it's wicked it's yeah. so fucking beautiful um this is uh like when, when you sent this through to me you were like we're doing this on the on the uh, on the show this week, I was like, oh, okay, you know, literally, yeah, within fifteen seconds, I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see exactly why we're doing this. This is this is essential, man. This is one of the best things I've heard this year. I seem to be saying that a lot, every, yeah. well, at least once a week. I, which I is think... maybe it's just me getting too excited, but this is. Uh, oh, this is this is just fucking glorious, man. I'm I'm with you on this one, though. I'm this, annoyed this... that I'm only just coming into this band. Now, I've never heard of these guys before. Never heard of them. They're not a huge band. I think they're kind of getting a bit bigger. This is. I think this will be their breakthrough record. I think this will be oh, like without, a big breakthrough. Yeah, without I, question. I mean, they've they've. I think it's you know like I think Pitchfork have sort of tagged them as a sort of one to watch, and I think it's yeah. going to happen. There's a whole school of these. You know, there's a few of these kind of. Um, I guess like post uh, synth poppy type things that are coming out of New York at the moment. There's quite a few of them um, who are good. There's a few more that we could probably talk about in uh, at a latter date. And they're all so cool as well. They're and so they're fucking cool. cool. Yeah, like this is really good. It's really cool. Um, yeah. It's it does that synthy synthy thing that I think both of us just absolutely fucking love. Yeah, yeah. It just does that. It's yeah. it's well good. This yeah. it's well yeah. good. I mean. Um, I would go and check out the last album, A Way Forward, as well. I think that's got some fucking yeah. banging songs on it. I think the title track of Introduction Presence um, is that what it's called? The title? Am I thinking about the title? Am I even thinking about the title? There's not a title track on it actually. I'm thinking of the song um, on Division Street from the the previous album, um, which I think is is really really good as well. I don't know why I thought it was the title track, but anyway, um, yeah, just a very very good band. And um, mm. Strange Disciple is. Yeah, like it's it is genuinely probably one of my favorite albums of this year so far. Yeah, oh, without question, this is uh, yeah, absolute slam dunk home run, smash a room, slam fucking dunk. So there you go. Uh, the Chemical Brothers for that beautiful feeling, the tenth studio album from the UK dance legend duo. The follow up to the perfectly fine, but ultimately not really particularly essential. No geography from 2019 which i thought was cool like you know i have said previously um when we did a a, a, a greatest hits set thing on right act a few years ago i picked the chemical brothers as a band who i was like oh they don't have a definitive album i think i don't think my point was that they don't have a definitive album i just my, i think my point was their greatest hits is probably better than any one album but then mm. you know um what's uh, a digger and hole obviously is yeah. just a fucking fantastic record yeah and this year uh, not calendar year but over the last 12 months we've had new albums from left field and orbital that are both great yep. absolutely great and yep. we've had live shows from the prodigy and underworld that people have been going wild for i saw a couple of the prodigy ones they were brilliant i've had people who went to the underworld and they were like they were incredible so it feels like we need a good chemical brothers album to keep yeah. this run of like mm. great <laughs> 90s dance artists going yeah uh and that's what we've got yeah it's good. Yeah, superstar DJs. Here we go again. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, they've got they've got such an incredibly kind of consistent back catalogue. But this, you know, for me, this is the, their finest album since Push the Button, which I believe was two thousand and four. The one's got galvanised on it. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. 
Um, you know, wonderfully kind of concise, old school fucking big beat. They brought the big beat back. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff, man. Like, you know, really early Fat Boy Slim, like the um, Better Living Through Chemistry kind of stuff. The stuff he was doing before, fucking check it out, no funk style, brother. Yeah. Um, but, and obviously the Chemical Brothers, but like the, big, the biggest one for me when I was about 17, 18, man, propeller heads, decks and drums and rock and roll, man. Mm. I mean, yes, it sounds dated to fuck, I know, but <laughs> it sounds fucking great. That, yeah, that, um, their cover of uh, the Onimation Secret Service theme is fast, fucking outrageous. Um, but like, there's the, the middle bit of this album, like um, um, the kind of one-two punch of the weight, and especially Magic Wand, man. It's just like delicious kind of slice of kind of 90s big beat funk. Magic and Wand it, is oh, what when that, when that kicked in, I was just like, mm. I, first time I listened to it, I was just like, this when this when that beat kicks in it's going to sound fucking massive and it did not disappoint and you know and then like Beck turns up on Skipping Like a Stone which is just like this beautiful kind of euphoria sounding like Beck as well yeah. not sound like a kind of shitty fucking razzled old version of Beck but sounding like like I mean I always say Midnight Vultures because it's my favourite one but sound like you know well it's, uh, Odelay era Beck oh yeah definitely yeah it's great it's yeah I, I had a lot of fun listening to this album, and they don't fuck around either. It's not kind of kind of long and meandering. There's no yeah, kind of like eighteen minutes. minute. Yeah, there's no eighteen minute. What was it? Private psychedelic reel, mm. which is much I love. You know, I I prefer that kind of shit when I was a lot younger and stuff. And now I just want I just want kind of concise like albums, and and they do a fantastic job with it. And I fucking adore it. Absolutely adore this album. I had so much fun listening to it. I knew the darkness that you fear. I was like, I knew that. And then it's from FIFA. Mm. And I was like, ah, that's where I know it from. It's from FIFA. Yeah, Magic Wand is really good. It's got that kind of, it's dark, it's brooding and low, but it's got this really euphoric vocal hook. And No Reason comes in with like this amazing intensity and then goes in this awesome kind of dubby bass line before it becomes this full-blown old school liquid club banger. My favourite is Goodbye. I think that is yeah, it's great. absolutely great. Um, that Till We Meet Again, Oh My Love hook um, that they stick in there is wicked. And it just goes yeah. all over the gaff. And like you say, like yeah. it sounds like the Chemical Brothers. I think it sounds like the Chemical Brothers doing you know their, the, the most commercial stuff that they do. I mean, the, the, the thing that's great about the Chemical Brothers is like they can do really dark really heavy really long mm. really intense dance music and yeah, it just is man. like really did, really fucking intense right did you see their Glastonbury set from a few years ago I did there was, a, there was like the middle bit of their set it got really fucking dark and it, it got quite intense and yeah. a bit kind of like dirty nasty as in like might have done a bit too much ketamine boys you know, <laughs> then all of a sudden it was just like it was just like bang the lights came on he went bam 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 dum, dum, da, 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 dum, bam don't hold back the crowd just went ah yeah I mean <laughs> look, you know like I remember setting sun coming out and just being like you yeah. know they're going for that Firestarter crowd yeah. and it's such a brilliant song like it's oh, such yeah. a brilliant yeah. song but my god it's heavy it's it's like legit heavy yeah, that song yeah. and this you know they brought that big beat thing back but it's always with this kind of elastic bass big yeah. groove euphoric vocals yeah i mean yeah man like 
I, I think that this, I, I'm surprised because I had like, you said to me, you're like, have you heard the new chemicals? And I hadn't listened to it yet. And then Merlin messaged me and he was like, the new chemical program is fucking wicked. And so I sort of went in going, oh, you know, I, I kind of expect it to be good now. But even with my expectations, yeah. I was like, damn, this is, this is well good. And I've not yeah. felt like, you know, like I think we reviewed No Geography on Riot Act back in 2019. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously only my opinion was of any value whatsoever because it wasn't, you know, like <laughs> 49 minutes of somebody strumming a fucking um, whatever. <laughs> like, um, what, what, was he, what was he strumming, Steve? I don't know. For I don't 49 know I was going minutes. That. Uh, <laughs> that's post-rock. Um, anyway, so... Uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's good, it's good. And I felt like I maybe was sort of sticking up for the Chemical Brothers in the face of like, they're actually not very good. And it's like, well, they are good, aren't they? They are, they're, they're brilliant, the Chemical Brothers. Yeah, they're, they're, they br brilliant. they're brilliant and don't slag them off. Yeah. But yes, this album isn't like a stellar classic Chemical Brothers album. This is far easier to defend and be like, yeah, you want to listen to this. Like, if oh, you if you have yeah. any kind of love for the Chemical Brothers at all, then you absolutely need to go and listen to this. It's fucking quality. It's really good. Yeah, it's so much fun, and I'm yeah. just smiling just thinking about it now. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, I think it's gonna stick with me. This one, yeah, um, definitely, definitely. It's made me want to go. Like, like my girlfriend was like, oh, we should go and see them at the O2, and I was like, yeah, you know, like that would be cool. We should do that. And then I was a bit like, uh, I don't know, like maybe we'll see. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I should really want to go and yeah. see. Yeah, this will sound amazing live. Yeah, these tracks. I'm up for it. Yeah. Uh, for that beautiful feeling, the Chemical Brothers. All right, let's move on. That's what the album's called, by the way. All right, let's talk about Olivia Rodrigo. Guts. What a great name for a record. To before we yeah. get anywhere, isn't Guts yeah. a great name for a record for a pop Guts. record? Guts. Yeah. Good name. Um, it's the second studio album from the US pop singer-songwriter the follow-up to her 2021 debut album sour now this is essentially a continuation of the kind of um pop punk um of you know i think she gets compared to avril lavigne and paramore quite a lot i feel like quite easy comparisons but i think they're easy comparisons because they do kind of work she's a former mm. disney host and all that um I did see there's a there's a there's a, a tweet we still call it Twitter. I think we're still calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it X, still calling it Twitter, aren't we? Yeah. I'm still calling it that. Fucking I'm sticking with Twitter sticking forever. With Twitter. Um somebody did a tweet going, Oh, with, with uh, you know, her doing the first song, um, All American Bitch from this album. Which is a fucking banger, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking banger. And was yep. like, Oh, you know, we we had we had Avril Levine and Hayley Williams and this generation's got this. Like, oh we had acting like that was the first time that shit had ever happened. And it was like, you do know what you're doing is exactly the same. What you're doing to Liv Rodrigo is exactly the same as what people did to Hayley Williams and Avril Lavigne, except they did it in regards to Gwen Stefani and Shirley Manson. And they had it done to them, to people who were going, oh, well, we had Courtney Love and Kathleen Hanna. And they had people who were going, well, we had Kim Dill and Kim Gordon. And they had people going, well, we had Susanna Hoffs and Joan Jett. And they had people going, oh, well, we had Debbie Harry. The point is, it's a bit mm. fucking daft to yeah. be going, <laughs> well, actually, like, I, I was here first at the start of this when Avril Lavigne was around. It's yeah. such a bizarre thing to say. That was, that was year zero for this, right? Oh, of course it was. 2002. Yeah. No, no girl had ever... <laughs> 
sung pop songs over guitars until Avril Lavigne came along. Definitely not. Yeah. And, you know, the idea that Olivia Rodrigo is like a faker or is like a plant or whatever. Guess who, do you know Olivia Rodrigo has got opening for her on her upcoming tour? Do you know this? I'm going to tell you this. Hit me. Don't know. The Breeders. Fuck off. The Breeders. No. Right? Really? Fuck off. What, in the UK? No, no, in the US. Oh, fuck's sake. But, still. <laughs> fuck. Who, who's making that decision? Ding, probably, ding, ding, ding. probably Olivia Rodrigo. Ding, right? ding, ding, ding. Yeah. We've I all know. got it in our heads now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Olivia uh, Rodrigo uh, is taking the breeders out on tour with them. Fucking her. breeders. <sighs> Can you imagine? You know, I, I, I'm so fucking jealous of every teenager that will be going to those gigs and will be exposed to the breeders for the first time. Fuck, can you imagine? Can you imagine the fucking streaming increase that Cannibal is going to get? It's amazing. That fucking first it's show. amazing. I think it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It's so fucking brilliant. It makes me go, Olivia Rodrigo, you are cool. Even if She's your album cool was, sh- even if your man. album was shit, that is a brilliant thing to do. You have made people <sighs> who probably wouldn't want to pay any attention to your music go. Do you know what? Grudging respect. But here's the thing: not grudging respect, just outright respect. Because this yep. album fucking slams. This is a mm-hmm. this is a great album, right? I think yeah. All American Bitch is a really fun way to start the album. That's one where she does that scream, right? Um, mm. uh, which people have been like, oh, it sounds horrible. And I think I saw the guy from Knock Loose like mugging it off or something. I was oh, like, I was like, mate, you, you go off, off. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> Bad Idea, right, is, is one of the all-time best shit I hate, but I also love my ex- bangers it is it is so yeah. cool it's really really yeah. great um she basically does two things she does upbeat kind of pop rock yeah. with loads of like sass and sarcasm and she does you know kind of um heartbroken marshmallowy ballads right mm. and she's really good at both of those things vampire um sounds like creeper when hannah fronts them like, I, I think it's good. good shout. Lacey yeah. is a real dreamy one. It's really good. Um, Ballad of a Homeschool Girl. It's got pavement style guitars. It's got weird, angular, lo-fi, old school, early 90s alt rock guitars on it. Uh, it's got, you know, a couple of slow ones. Um, Getting Back comes in and that is the Skater Boy this album for me. That is just, it's this absolutely mm. wicked halftime slacker, big pop rager. Really, really good. Pretty Isn't Pretty is like a classic soul pop slow one. Very, very nice. Teenage Dream is really cool. It's not the Katy Perry song. I mean, look, is it particularly original? Not particularly. No, you know, I've just reeled off 14 other people that have <laughs> sort of t- done the same thing going all the way back to the mid 70s, right? But I would kind of take her nailing these two styles over Ash Nico doing a lot of things and a few too many of them missing a mark for me. Yeah. I, I, the, the songs are just really, really good on this. They're just really good. And I, 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 I rate Olivia Rodrigo. I think she's wicked. I, yeah, I, I certainly wrote her after listening to this album. Now I find out who's fucking supporting her in America. I'm, I'm just like... 
she's so fucking awesome I might actually mm. be in love um, I, I think I think when this album gets it right for me is when she's doing the kind of wonderfully bratty kind of teen pop rock stuff yeah that that's fucking yeah. that's oh by far the, you know I've, I've, I ain't got much time for the, there's a few of the kind of sort of syrupy ballads and I'm like oh, it's a bit like Rebecca Chu mate isn't it <laughs> four weeks running <laughs> fucking you. Rebecca Chu wishes she could <laughs> do a liver Rodrigue she wishes <laughs> don't you <laughs> um, yeah but All American Bridge fucking just what a way for an album to open mm. that's great you know bad idea right once I got over the disappointment that it wasn't an A cover you know 99% I hate the other 1% it's great um, yeah, bad idea right? yeah that's yeah, just wicked kind of sassy bratty kind of pop rock it's wonderful Vampire's wonderful um, Bloodsucker Fame Fucker refrain I love that it's mm-hmm. great that's great a proper tasty um I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear the radio one of that because that must be must have been a single. It's been massive. I mean, to give you an idea, mate, it, I think mm. it was actually um, that went um, that went like fucking supernova. I think that song. It was massive. What vampire? Yeah, um, mm. it went to like number one. I mean, looking at the streaming for it. Hold on, I did have the streaming um, up uh, a minute ago and. It has got vampire, has got already got three hundred forty-eight million nine hundred seventeen thousand nine hundred thirty-nine <laughs> plays. It's quite a lot. Good God! Yeah. Good God! Sixty million monthly listeners. Olivia Rodrigo has. Oh, how many mill we have? Six or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can, uh, yeah, but like yeah. she's just released an album, so that will obviously it will go down once you know. Me and I haven't put any music out for a while. I mean, I think it'll, that'll, uh, that'll even yeah. out. It's been about 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Give it another 10 years, it'll probably even out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this is, yeah. It's a, it, it's a lot of fun. A little bit disposable, I guess. But, you know, she's cool as fuck, as far as I'm concerned. And, yeah, I like you know, And... Yeah, she's taking the fucking breeders out on tour, man. Oh, uh, oh, uh. He loves that. Yeah, that Guts. is so fucking cool. Guts by Olivia Rodrigo is out now, as is Brand New Soul by Angel Dust, the fifth album from the melodic hardcore supergroup. The follow-up to 2021's Yak, a collection of truck songs. I believe that's how you say that. I didn't listen to that because I wasn't that keen on their 2019 album Pretty Buff, although maybe that was because that was just maybe slightly ahead of its time. This is some kind of weird mutated version of Turnstile, this album, right? Yeah. I think it's a good idea doing that. I mean, in fact, I interviewed Turnstile back in the day, probably about 2015, 2016. Mm. Okay. And I said, like, oh, you know, if you could have the career of one band, who would it be? And they said Angel Dust. Well, oh, really? I mean, far surpassed the career of Angel Dust at this point, lads. So, well yeah, done. Get a, get a new band to think about. Uh, yeah, what did you think of this one, mate? Because it's a bit of an odd one, right? It's it's bizarre. It's It's just kind of weird kind of mashup of styles of like that's what you know like kind of decent kind of soulful indie pop um with the emphasis emphasis on soul you know one second and then it's just you know goes into like that's completely back turn you've got the hardcore rages which sounds like something off 
that late 80s Bad Brains album, what was it, Quickness? Mm. Or something like that, you know. Um, I love the fact that the title track um, basically sounds like uh, My Brother the Farmer by House Martins. Ask your dad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I have to ask my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great tune, mate. Great yeah. tune. You like you like that. You like that. I got um, that house, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the track don't um, don't stop sounds like a fucking Aztec camera. Well, I I, I I put it sound like Violet Femmes. Yeah. Okay. I see. We. You, I, I'm you, you, you go for hipster cooler. indie pop. Yeah. I go for. Uh, well, to be fair, I go for hipster kind of Scottish indie pop. You know, I'm this like. The era of Aztec Caramel that I'm talking about is, is pretty somewhere in my heart. I'm going for the early stuff like the, it's, uh, what was the song? It's obvious. I remember that song. It's obvious. Yeah, fuck me, it does, doesn't it? Christ, it does, it's got that. Yeah, that kind of sort of, but I can see where you get the violent friends from. I mean, you know, Sunkiss kind of fuzzy garage rock. You know, it's, it's, it's all right. I, I, I'm just yeah. I, I don't know it, it, it just seems like a bizarre mix to me it's really bizarre it's, it's really bizarre really like, weird I think like choose, like, choose choose what side you're on and just well, do that I, I kind of don't even think they need to but weirdly like it's so bizarre like I think it's a song like Love Slam which I really like but I was like yeah. how does this sound like a hardcore song and the Goo Goo Dolls <laughs> like how is that yeah, possible point, right? yeah. like how do you open with lo-fi indie pop and jangle that kind of you know early REM college jangly thing, yeah. and then just go what do I what? and then it turns into like a hardcore song, and you're like yeah. oh oh okay, and okay. you know there's yeah. weird shit on it, like that little electro bit at the end of Born to Run. Yeah. There's a bit, there's an interlude called Muck Motors, and it sounds like the, the, the score to the Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> it is a decent mix of like lo-fi indie, some very unusual, almost hyper pop stuff. And big old bouncy hardcore. And I think, you know, there's stuff on it that is really cool. Sipping Lysol has got this weird, like, almost like phaser riff. It's got almost like a quicksand kind of feel mm. to it. Mm. And it sounds like a punk band. And that's good. And I'm Not Ready is, is just a really good sort of straight up pop song. But I just look at it and I go, you are a really weird band. You're mm. really... They get weirder and weirder and weirder. Because in 2019, I was like... You know, I remember Angel Dust and being like, oh, they're cool. They're like an, a melodic hardcore band. Mm. And, you know, Turnstile have done this, but they've made sure that everything is concisely, definitely, yeah. definitively this sort of song. Whereas I feel like Angel Dust have gone, no, we're going to do it within 10 seconds of each other. We're not going to have any... There's very little in the way of actual structure around this album right. and I think that's by design I don't think they're stupid and they don't know how to do yeah. it I think they're just trying to confuse people and fair play to them because yeah they have but that's the reason why Turnstile are by far the best at doing this kind of stuff quite quite and that's, then some that, that's <laughs> why like if you said to Turnstile like whose career would you like to ape now yeah. they're not going to go we'd like to be 10 times smaller I mean just to, to like <laughs> look, yeah. just to like look at Angel yeah. Dust I mean they might do they might say Angel Dust still write better songs than us or whatever but I Angel don't. Dust have I don't think that's true either Angel Dust have 2010 monthly listeners and Turnstile have um, 1. 10 times 8 that 8 million 
Oh, oh, fuck me. <laughs> so turnstile art, <laughs> oh, so much better. And I know, like, you know, I kind of did this with Military Gun as well. I always said, like, the turnstileification of hardcore a little bit. And I don't even yeah. think, you can't, you can't accuse Angel Dust of that because they were sort of there first, if not before. And, but, but they, they are really, like, they are really pushing it. Do you know what I mean? Like they are, they are push, they are pushing it, and like fucking yeah. fair play to them because yeah. you know I, I think we all need to be pushed a bit. It's just that I am not sure. I am completely clear on what's going on half the time, but it's nice to hear an album where you go, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, true. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Weird bands. It's nice. Yeah, weird bands. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's been a while since I've listened to an album where every kind of two minutes I've gone, eh? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about that decision, lads. Yeah. yeah. Brand New Soul by Angel Dust is out now. Right, before we get into it, Ending, Endling, I should say, by Cavell Attack. This is the fifth studio album from the Norwegian punk and death and black and roll band. A follow-up to 2020's Spid album. Now, mm. I've spoken about Cavell Attack a fair bit. I feel like a law of diminishing returns has really clip, crippled them. Uh, a brilliant debut album, not quite as good, but still very good. Second album, Mir, has kind of set standards for them that were pretty sky high. And there was a lot of hype around them and there was a lot of expectation yeah. around them. And once they started embracing their inner status quo, they didn't <laughs> quite <laughs> live up to that on their third album and then they lost their vocalist the one with the owl on the dead and yeah. they released spid which i think was trying to claw back a bit of momentum and it didn't really work for me but that's just me um how do you feel about cavell attack gaz um in about 2012 2013 they were pretty much like my favorite band were they wow yeah i I loved those first two albums. I actually preferred the second album. Mir, Mir was just like, that was my album of the year that year. It was nothing came close. I was really? legit obsessed. Yeah. Just dirty, gnarly, fucking rock and roll. It kind of filled mm. the gap that Entombed once filled. Yeah. You know. Um, it was, you know, it was kind of Entombed crossed with like Super Shit 666, but with Thin Lizzy Twin Guitar Leads. I love some of that. Thank you very much. But yeah, but by the time we got to that that third, the third album, um, was it Nattersfords? Nattersfords. Yeah. yeah, it was just it, it just sounded really tired and boring. It was such a shame because I was looking forward to that album coming out, and when it did come out, I, I, I vaguely remember you reviewing it on on that's not metal and giving it a bit of a kicking, and I was just like, oh, you know, good. But. I'm delighted to say that I think Endling is great. Oh, I really, really like it. It's they've kind of ditched a lot of the kind of more kind of extreme kind of death and roll stuff. It just seems like they're just going just for like pure turbo negro kind of punk and roll party time now. And it's like I mean I had zero interest in the Cabell Attack album in twenty twenty three, but I'm so happy to kind of be proved wrong. It's got kind of more like helicopters and huskadoo stuff in there now than the kind of death and roll kind of thinly sounded before. I mean, it's still got the kind of, you know, e extreme kind of, you know, blast beat stuff, but it's got, it's, you know, much more kind of used, like much more sparingly this time. And it's a ton of fun to listen to. And 
Fuck no, am I going to try and pronounce the, uh, the song titles? <laughs> Over to you, Steve. Um, well, look, the first song is eight minutes long. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. Once it gets going, it's great. I was like, oh, no. Why have you done that? Why? And it's not a bad song. But it, I was like, oh, that's not really the one for me. And I did wince a little bit when I saw that. And I think they get into some pretty cool areas here. I think you're right to bring up the fact that it is much more rock and roll. I mean, for me, the sort of beauty of Cavell Attack was they managed to find that space between rock and roll and really, really brutal extreme metal. So not many bands do that in a way that I like. Like I like there was a little period where kind of Now Diabolical by Satyricon came out and I was like, okay. Mm. And I think Cavell Attack did it better than that to be fair. Yeah. And I think like if you go for the, the kind of the motorhead era of Dark Throne, um, I like that shit as well because it's like, here's a proper kind of old school black metal band, but they're writing these really punky fast rock and roll songs. And it's a really cool idea. You mentioned Entombed. Entombed bringing the kind of rock and roll into that extreme sound. I think when they lose that, they lose something a bit, to be honest. I mean, look, there are bits here that are really reminiscent of why Cavell Attack are great. I think um, Lick Voke is good. I think Dog and Kitten's Cavad is one of the songs that goes hardest, and I like that. I think yeah. when they do go for that kind of blast beat thing, I'm like, yes, that's really good. I think when they go pure rock and roll, you can't deny that they're very good at that. Like, there's a song called um, Paranoia 297. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. And they kind of, that's the song, yeah, they're kind of out Turbo Negro, Turbo Negro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a really good song as well. And it's short as well. It's three minutes yeah. and 17 seconds. I think it's actually uh, the second shortest song on the record. And I think when they get in and just go like, ba 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 or they go, dead and dead and dead and dead and they get like mm. a bit hip swingy. Mm. That shit makes a lot of sense to me. I yeah. long for the day where they can really meld those things in the way that they did on the first album. I, I that's not going to happen again. I no, fear like that, that that is really gone. Like that. I fear that that is gone. And I think there will always be that little thing in the back of my head where I'm like, yeah, but you can do, you have done this. You can do this. Like, mm. I get it. You know, another, uh, they're, they're, they're now a very good rock and roll band. They're, you know yeah. they, this, this album's good like it's good it's but it's not like i thought cavell attack had the potential to be truly genuinely unique and this is not that it's yeah, but, fine but i mean as, as you were saying you know they tried that with the third album and it just showed they'd already run out of ideas trying to be that band that you mm. want them to be do you know what i mean well I I'm, think... I'm more than happy i'm more than happy with them being a pretty cool kind of hip swingy dirty rock and roll bands because you know i'm i'm not gonna lie i'd i'd love i'd love like turbo negro to be making albums like scandinavian um, leather and apocalypse yeah. dudes again but they haven't as much as i fucking love uh what's his name uh tony from fucking Duke's Duke's nothing. Nothing, what a yeah. fucking legend that you know jigs mm. nothing man amazing band the stuff turbo negro have been doing over the past kind of like two or three albums with him it ain't great it ain't great at all. And this listening to this album just kind of it kind of reaffirmed in my head how much I I, I love the original kind of Turbo Negro stuff that they were doing, like at the end of the nineties and and when they reformed with Scandinavian Leather, which I think is an absolute classic. Yeah, you know, and it just kind of reminds me of all that kind of stuff that I was listening to in like two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, you know. Yeah, it's and good. And I'm fine. And I'm fine. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it. You do think like, well, where do you go? What can you do? What's you know, what are you get? But I, I mm. just think that like they set a bar for themselves that is so high 
yeah again like the expectation of it but but this is this is good this Mm. is good this is good i mean i don't know like will i go back to it i'm not sure i will to be honest but no i'm um, just gonna go back to scandinavian leather (laughs) uh anyway endling by cavell attack is out now okay let's talk about something a little bit serious to end the show with um we've as we sit here and recording it's the 13th of september you will hear this show if you listen to it the day it comes out on the 15th of september the closest episode we've done basically in the aftermath of the 22nd anniversary of the terror attacks on new york in 9 11. Yeah. um before i start like i just want to make it really clear that we're not trying to belittle or um you know uh, uh what's the word it's not even belittle is it it's more like to um to make it seem we're not being flippant about this event if we don't talk about it that much um it is purely to see everything big that happens in the world when people say you know 9-11 changed the world 9-11 changed everything and music is part of that everything so i think we are just hyper focusing in on one particular element of the effects the massive massive global effects that that event had on the world um it's insane to think that, that was 22 years ago fucking insane right. i remember it like it yes. was yesterday like i remember um i went to my mate's house because he had a playstation 2 it just got no it wouldn't have been, it would have been playstation 1 he had a playstation yeah, 1 and he had uh, the recent pro evolution soccer game and i went around his house i was it was in between i was about to start my third year at uni and i went there to uh, play pro evolution soccer and we loaded it up and he got a phone call um before he switched over we had the telly on his house he turned the telly on he went and got the phone and he had a phone call and it was somebody it was actually the guitarist in our band who was at work going something's happened and i had the tv on in front of me and he was going oh what's happening i'll turn it like and we watched it and we watched the second plane go into the tower and we watched both of them collapse and it was genuinely one of those things that was so unbelievably shocking just i was in my village in hampshire and i still didn't really feel safe and i know that might seem like a kind of mad thing to say but because it was just so unlike anything we'd ever seen and i think that you know you and i we would have grown up with the threat potentially of like i used to go up to london a lot and the ira at that point were yeah. you know i remember that, that you know it'd been a couple of weeks after i'd been to a gig and i'd been in soho that that nail bomb went off in a in a bar in soho so this wasn't a completely alien thing to us the idea that you know b- b- bombs could go off in bins bombs, bombs could go off in pubs bobs bombs could go off bomb threats could be phoned into places like we kind of grew up with you know that from the ira but this just really did genuinely feel different and it's so fucking fresh still in my mind i think kind of for anyone who was around there it probably is fresh in sort of all of our minds so i think you don't really forget where you were when that happened i mean what 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 was what, when did you hear about this guys um i was i was working and i just remember the um the, the receptionist um running into um well, the, uh, the little kind of stores slash warehouse that I, w- that I was working in. We had a telly in there. Um, well, because we used to watch like, the cricket during the summer. You know, so we had a telly in there. 
and she just kind of ran in and turned on the telly and I was like I was like what's up she was just like something something mad's going on in New York you know and obviously like every channel you know was, was you know showing all the stuff and yeah I just remember seeing just kind of stopped watching it and yeah you saw the second plane fucking flying man it was just like mad thing was my cousin um, was in New York at the time and literally the day before she was on the top of the World Trade Center doing the tourist thing it's fucking mad it's fucking mad her parents obviously her parents you know can get hold of her for days obviously you know mm. it's just like fuck you know yeah and it, it, it just yeah I it it's the first time I've kind of felt like fear like that like that you yeah like you were saying you know I was just living in like a in a, a town in East Anglia you know and it's the first time I kind of became aware of like am I safe do I feel safe mm. is this safe here mm. um and I'll never forget, you know, kind of seeing, you know, the towers coming down and and just the absolute kind of devastation. I'd I'd never seen anything kind of like that before or since. You know, I I remember, you know, like like when I was a kid, it was like growing up in an area family, and you know, being on planes a lot, you know, and I always remember, um, like. Um, being able to like you look down you know the corridor of the plane and and I remember like actually all the time the um the the, the cockpit door would be open it was, there was just you could see the pilots man you could see out the fucking front window you know and I remember like you know being a kid and stuff and the stewardess would come up and say would you like to come down to the cockpit and meet yeah. the captain man mm-hmm. you know shit that my kids are never going to be able to experience going down and you know you know doing the whole airplane thing you ever seen a grown man naked probably for the best yeah. really but you know um, and yeah it, and yeah it's it's just it's just crazy everything everything changed everything changed after that day I remember and I think the because I thought to myself I was like oh this is really crazy but I didn't really think, I thought, okay, well, they'll clean that up and then they'll, they'll talk about it in America and then that will be it. And the next morning, I went to bed and the next morning I had a, yeah. I had a clock radio that went, I had a, a, so the radio would turn on it, you know, when I had to go to whatever. And the radio came on, I used to have it on BBC Radio 1. Yeah. BBC Radio 1 came on, I think it was Sarah Cox was doing the breakfast show at that point. And she was really sombre and really wasn't you know there was no one else in there there was no and she was just playing sad songs yeah. and i was like fucking hell like even over here we're not just like oh shit that thing happened and oh well you know we carry on sort of thing and it it wasn't that sort of vibe at all it was like no no this is going to be with you for for a while and that kind of reaction from music and what it kind of meant to music i think we could be here potentially for quite a long time so strap yourselves in i don't know how long we're going to be here we'll be here for as long as we can be here right but i have the kerrang from 22nd of september 2001 in my hand so i think this as far as i can tell this was the the first one after 
this event. I mean, the fact is that Paul Reese, who was the editor of The Krang, says uh, in the opening bit, um, this issue was put together in the wake of the events of September the 11th, 2001. The scenes from New York and Washington were shocking, sickening, and will have a profound effect on everyone who saw them. The loss of so many lives is tragic, but equally disturbing has been the voyeuristic, jigginistic coverage with which the media on both sides of the Atlantic have reported them. If you want to read something that puts all of this into perspective, go to www.michaelmoore.com or wow. read Napalm Death Singer Barney Greenway's typically impassioned posting on www.karang.com. Um, so Paul Reese there kind of spelling out how he feels about the kind of direct aftermath of what happened. Yeah. And the first thing you get when you turn over is pictures of the flaming world trade center pictures of um rubble pictures of firemen sitting in the rubble and there are there's three pages and it's small print as well and there's a lot a lot of stuff a lot of stuff um within that kind of three pages that they've dedicated straight away in the news section um, I don't know whether to read it all or just to pick stuff out of it, to be honest, but all of it is is really interesting. Um, Ozzy Osbourne, it starts by saying, Ozzy Osbourne was among the rock musicians in New York on September 11th. Uh, Ozzy was due to conduct a phone interview with Kerrang from the Peninsula Hotel in Manhattan when the hijacked plane stuck, struck the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center 40 blocks away. As one of rock's most celebrated cultural centers, centuries new york is home to a great number of bands and artists kerrang also has several writers and photographers in the city including jeff perrier who contacted us with the following message so again like you say like contacting people at the time yeah would have been yeah. incredibly difficult but he says was he has like i said you know pre-social media pre like i mean mobile it, it, phones were only just really starting to be commonplace with yeah everyone. i don't think i had a mobile phone in 2001 i think i've got my first no. mobile phone for like another year or so hmm um, yeah, he says yeah. I, w- I, um, I wasn't at site when it happened. Uh, says Perla, I walked out of my apartment block, walked a few blocks to Broadway and Eighth Street, and then saw both World Trade Centers burning uncontrollably. It was a horrific sight. This was about this was after two planes hit the towers. About forty five minutes later, uh, I saw one of the towers come down, and later that morning, the second da- tower came down. This has been the most devastating event I've witnessed. Besides being absolutely horrifying to watch, it was eerie, disturbing, and sad to know that thousands of people have been killed so suddenly. It's also disturbing to know that many firefighters who had originally arrived at the scene have been killed by the collapse of the first tower. So to some extent there was a feeling of helplessness i'm lucky that none of my loved ones were there it was incredible to see um to not see the two world trade centers standing so tall it was almost like a science fiction horror film or the ending of the original planet of the apes movie it's hard to capture it's hard to imagine anything like this being captured on film and don k i remember kerrang used to have you know a a a column don k had a a column from new york every week in kerrang right um uh, he sent them a message saying, I'm counting my blessings since I live about a quarter of a mile from the World Trade Center. It was literally across the street when the attack occurred. I saw the entire thing from a few hundred feet away before running like hell. I will probably keep seeing it for the rest of my life. Um, the next thing it says is the family and friends of Johnny Heff, guitarist of New York Punks. The bullies fear the worst after he'd not been heard from at the time of going to press. Heff works a firefighter in Manhattan and was called to the disaster scene on September the 11th. Um, Johnny Heff did actually lose his life in that event wow uh, which i wasn't aware of uh, until we kind of went into this um there's the next thing they talk about and i think it's the first thing that 
you know i was going to talk about from i guess sort of closer to home was the cancellation of of, of things but that started happening straight away so yeah. the the big major one if you were a rock fan was the pantera and slayer co-headlining tattoo the planet tour that was going to happen so i believe it was pantera slayer static x cradle of filth biohazard vision disorder raging speedhorn um i think that was what the original lineup was was going to be and i actually did a feature on this for metal hammer about a year ago and i spoke to a bunch of people um i spoke to danny filth i spoke to billy from biohazard i spoke to um one of the promoters from the time who was still pretty angry with pantera's decision to pull out now if you know anything about what happened and you know i'll, I'll tell you if you don't pantera were in ireland when mm. the september 11 attacks happened and decided to not do the shows and decided to fly back to america which you know i guess is is their decision i guess like would you know what to do in that situation really would no, you really know not. You want a bit, I guess, you know, in those kind of times of absolute fucking confusion, you want to be, surround yourself with the people you love, you know, your family. And that whole thing of like, you know, we can't let the terrorists win. Well, it's easy to say that when you don't <coughs> have to get on a plane every other day, I guess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, one of the people that I interviewed was Tim Williams from Vision Disorder. Who we're gonna nice. <coughs> who are a New York band. And Tim Williams told me that, you know, they were set up in Ireland. And when it all happened, um, they none of the other bands could get out there. So they thought the show was going to go ahead with them as the sole opening band for a Pantera tour. They said he was sat in the arena in Ireland. Pantera's gear was sat up on the stage. And they were like, cool, we're going to be sound checking soon. And we will be main support to Pantera on this big kind of arena show. No one else can get there. So they were kind of happy about that. And then obviously Pantera went, no, no, we're leaving right now. And it never happened. But um, he also told me that Mike Baumbach, the guitarist in Vision Disorder, his brother was actually on uh, at the site of the World Trade Center. Now, I didn't oh, know fuck. this. And going back to this magazine. Wow. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he was... Um, actually he actually was contacted by Kerrang and kind of talked about it and it's it, this is mental right this is mental so mm. um, it says New York resident Vision Disorder who had arrived in the UK to play the Tattoo the Planet shows contacted Kerrang last week guitarist Matt Baumbach's brother worked in a World Trade Center was on the 80th floor of the building as the two planes hit the Twin Towers for a good 24 hours I thought my brother was dead all the phones are down in New York. I called everyone I knew. All I knew was that the building had collapsed. It turns out that when the plane hit, he heard the impact and started to follow the evacuation procedures to get out. There's 25,000 people working in that building, so it took about 40 minutes to get to street level. When he got to the floor, he was coming down the escalator 
as the other tower imploded. There was a huge shockwave and he nearly got thrown off the escalator. There was glass flying everywhere and he had to, to feel his way out of the building. It's crazy, man. I can't express how I feel when I heard he was alive. It was the scariest day of my life. The first thing my brother said to me was, hey, I wanted to come see you guys rock tattoo the planet. That was the coolest thing about it all. Um, oh, wow. I mean, that is crazy. Actually, Tim said to me when I was on the on the call to him, like, you know, that that story is a story for another day and if we ever chat about anything else before like that would be something that you should definitely talk about but yeah it's um it's it's fucking crazy man it's fucking crazy and i think you know the other the, the thing in terms of like what happened here in the uk obviously tack the planet went ahead with with biohazard and vision disorder both playing it two new york bands and biohazard were in yeah. new york when this happened and they still yeah. flew out to the UK and terror in Ireland and flew back to mm. Texas now it's not for us to say like I can see both sides of the coin yeah I kind of can too I kind of can I kind of can too yeah. okay. I mean you just don't know how you would react in that situation I think no, you just don't not. know how you would react um, Alien Ant Farm on the front cover of this Karen and they played the mean fiddler that night i mean when you talk about you know when i said like, i woke up and the radio came on it was different yeah and you just thought okay well shit is going to carry on but like this is bad but i guess shit carries on everywhere when i think now like fucking hell like there were gigs that happened that evening that night that's mad right <sighs> that is that is ridiculous yeah that's ridiculous out of all the places you could be, you'd you'd be standing in the mean fiddler watching Alien Ant Farm. I know. <laughs> that's uh, that's yeah. I, you know, all jokes aside about Alien Ant Farm, I, I can only fucking I mean, all, all I did that night. I went, you know, we finished work early mm-hmm. and just fucking went home and just kind of sat there in a kind of state of kind of numbness, you know. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, you know, that you're like, oh, okay, that's happens. Oh, but I'm going to see a gig tonight, and you go and you know you, you do the usual thing of you get on the tube, or you get on a bus or whatever, and you walk down fucking Tottenham Court Road or whatever down to the fucking main <laughs> fiddler, da da da, and you go in, you know, show your ticket, and you go in, you buy a beer, and you stand there, and you listen to movies. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 how do you how do you leave? You know that. How, how do, do you know what I mean? Kind of standing there, whoever whoever the fucking band is. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I just I don't know, man. That's you know. I, 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 yeah, I get you know the show must go on, of course. You know, and I'm I'm sure that. The crowd there kind of actually, you know, found some solace in that. Do you know what I mean? That kind of, you know, hanging in, you know, a massive kind of group watching your favourite band or whatever. You know, maybe that's what I fucking should have done that night, rather than just go home and watch the telly and go fuck and just say fuck every ten seconds. Mm. You know, but uh, mate, I mean, I think you know, it says quite a lot about where rock music was and look i don't want to turn this into like well you know 
it changed after this and like who benefited from it right but when i look through this copy of kerrang you've got fear factory meet godfish spine shank on the tour alien ant farm on the front cover bush kitty echo brain that's jason newstead's post metallic yeah. garbage yeah. mad capsule markets right and when i look yeah. through all the stuff there's a bit about bill hicks here which is quite good win dinner with newfound glory mad <laughs> mad capture markets the people versus therapy yeah right boy the, the, the first ever feature with converge so uh, on the east coast of america a group of like-minded bands are twisting hardcore into electrifying new shapes and at the front of it all are converge this is hardcore the box out the cream of the screamo crop this is what people used to call screamo by the way guys drowning wow. man cave in the dillinger escape plan the hope conspiracy old man gloom that ain't aiden that ain't aiden um yeah spine shank right and just as i go through it you know lead review american head charge the war of art you've got reviews of um 4ks for shameless by therapy Aerogram got 4ks as well oh was that the sleeping sleeping release yeah yeah oh fucking great album beautiful garbage um the, the whales and dolphins the best of television 4ks echo yeah. brain uh, Machine Head is going to be reviewed next week. Like, you look at the chart, the sort of top 40 albums, and you've got Iowa, Break the Cycle by Stain, Slayer, System of a Down, Alien Out Farm, Linkin Park. This is the Kerrang chart, right? Sum 41, Blink 182, Uncle Cracker, Muse. Get all the way down. This is the first time I've noticed one of them. White Stripes, White Blood Cells. Now, uh. the aftermath of this was that people wanted to connect with New York and the feel of New York and to show like oh yeah we love New York we love New York yeah. what, what had just come out this is it by Strokes just come yeah. out and look out. there was a lot of hype around the Strokes there's a lot of hype around the Strokes already that, that you know I'm not saying there wasn't but I can't help feeling that the Strokes um, I think the, I think the, the, the Strokes got um, a lot of people who I think they I'm, I'm not saying they, they happened on purpose or people did it cynically but I think people connected a lot more with the strokes because they just had that thing in their head where they like yeah fucking New York's the best like yeah New York's cool yes you know New York oh, I love New York I love New York and then this band come out singing New York City Cops and they sound like television and they're very 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 New York and that kind of sows the seed for the next thing that becomes massive in rock in guitar music yeah right? yeah I completely like, agree I don't know if that is like a massive jump I don't kind of think that it is a huge jump but um no you know you've you've also got stuff being cancelled I mean if I go to the next page this is page six on here right and it says um you know following the tragic events uh, the music industry reacted respectfully um they closed the offices of Virgin US initially. MTV's news service closed down for a day and was redirected to CBS. And BBC Radio 1 and 2 altered their usual playlist to reflect the sombre mood around the world. Songs deemed inappropriate were removed from schedules. So several record releases have been postponed due to the tragedy. Jimmy World have postponed the official UK release of their new album, Bleed American. The band have also cancelled plans to release the title track as a single, which they then, you know, released as Salt, Sweat, Sugar. Yep. And Bleed American just became 
Self-titled. Jim, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy Eat World said in a statement, they were sure everyone would understand the reasoning behind this decision. They hope to reschedule this release in the future. OTEP. Don't know if you remember OTEP. The, <laughs> Unfortunately, the, yes. The new metal band. Um, mm. They had an EP coming out that was about to come out called Jihad. <laughs> that was pulled completely <laughs> timing yeah timing um wow. there was also a rap band called the coup whose album was titled party music and was the it was um withdrawn because i mean and this is unbelievable the cover depicted the world trade center on fire <laughs> i mean that's gonna, uh, that's that's you ain't releasing that are you like ever no one's I'm, ever seeing that cover ever i'm, I'm pretty no, I'm pretty sure at the time they also redid the trailer for the upcoming Sam Raimi's Spider-Man film. Because I'm sure yeah. that had a massive spider web between the two World Trade Centers. I'm sure it did. You, you may well be right there. I mean, I yeah, don't I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that you know that scene that got taken out and stuff like that. And um, I mean, yeah. it, it it killed a few things. You know, like Machine Head. The video we've spoken about the video for crashing around you on supercharger yeah. supercharger comes out a week later crashing around yep. you has somebody in a bed falling out of a skyscraper yep. and obviously that is you know totally inappropriate for the yep. the time and the scenario is so that got pulled completely um the kind of the irony that system of a down were number one and chop suey you know the kind of i think we've spoken about this before about how you know chop chop suey ended and and toxicity the the number one song in america at that particular moment when that happened it it, it could have been end sync or backseat but like you know it, it does seem like yeah. some kind of weird serendipity that of all the times it could have been any <laughs> band it happened to be this very yeah. politicized, very odd, know. you know, kind of, I don't know, quite, quite foreign looking. That's how people would have seen it, right? Like, oh, they're, they're yeah. foreigners. And, you know, um, yeah. and it didn't take very long for, for things to get cancelled and for things to get pulled and for things to get changed and for, you know, stuff to happen. Um, I've got a list here, Gaz, of the Clear Channel Memorandum which was Clear Channel Communications are the largest owner of radio stations across the United States and circulated an internal memorandum in containing a list of songs that programme directors felt were lyrically questionable to play in the aftermath of September the 11th. Um, it is weird to see, you know, every single song in Regents Machine's back catalogue. Yeah. Their entire back catalogue just banned. Yeah. Um, knocking on Heaven's Door, both Guns N' Roses and Bob Dylan versions. Um, the cover of Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm is on the list, but the Michael Jackson original is not, which is really weird. Like, surely the so like, yeah. what do they do? I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Martha and the Van bizarre. Martha and the Vandellis original version of Dancing in the Street and Van Halen's cover of Dancing in the Street on the list Jag but not the Mick Jagger and but not the Mick Jagger and David Bowie well that's alright I think even by 2001 no one was fucking playing that on the radio anyway <laughs> so I think they were pretty safe yeah um, 
here's a list of the songs that were that were pulled i, I pulled some of the big ones so duck and run by three doors down i don't know that song but that seems nah. like obvious why dirty deeds done dirt cheap hell's bells highway to hell safe in new york <laughs> safe in new york city that's the one Shoot yeah. to thrill shot down in flames and tnt all acdc songs all gone all gone <sighs> Down in a Hole, Sea of Sorrow, Them Bones, and Rooster by Alison Chains all got pulled. Rooster. Mm. I mean... They come to snuff the rooster. Um, I mean, well, it's, it's about... It's, it, it, obviously, obviously, you know, I'm not going to teach you how to suck eggs. We all know what that song's about. But... Is, but is that because... Is it because it's critical of the military? That would be my question for like yes why of that, course of course it is in a time that's got should, to be the reason you would think you know that would be the obvious reason yeah why there are some other ones as well like what a wonderful world by louis armstrong yeah it's an ironic that michael moore used that version of what a wonderful world in mm. you know tied in with the footage of the second plane hitting the world trade center in fahrenheit 9 11 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um day in the life lucy with the sky and diamonds obla di obla da and ticket to ride i can kind of i mean ticket to ride is a bit <sighs> obla di obla well I, was, I suppose yeah life goes on isn't it yeah i guess sabbath uh, bloody sabbath and war pigs um yeah. both pools cricket well yeah war pigs cr- yeah critical of government yeah. <laughs> rock the casper by the clash was pulled oh because of the word sharif in the air tonight, uh, by Phil Collins, was pulled mm. as well. Um, yeah. Firewoman by the Cult was pulled. Uh, Holy Diver by Dio, was yeah, pulled. That's, yeah. You know, Bodies by Drowning Pool. Hey Man, Nice Shot, Learn to Fly. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot like Brain Stew by Green Day was pulled. That doesn't obviously smack of like. I suppose I'm having trouble trying to breathe is the first line yeah on my own here I go mm. you know the falling man and all that I guess yeah. Benny and the Jets mm. Daniel and Rocket Man by Elton John some heads are gonna roll by Judas Priest got pulled falling away <laughs> from me fly away stairway to have heaven imagine by John Lennon they pulled imagine by John Lennon and again like that seems to be something that's going Mm. celebrate the world celebrate people like you'd imagine you would think that that would be well yes especially because i think i think at the um uh the the benefit concert they did a couple of weeks after 9 11 neil young did a a live cover of imagine mm. you know i can't quite kind of fathom i've been trying to work that one out yeah I'm not quite sure imagine there's no heaven it's, i don't know I just, I honestly don't know. It's weird. One that got pulled was ironic by Alanis Morissette, and you think, well, yeah, yeah, Mister Play It Safe was scared to fly. Yeah, and there's a plane crash down. He thought, well, isn't this nice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, head like a hole by Nine Inch Nails, fade yeah. to black, Harvest of Sorrow, Seek and Destroy, Enter Sandman, uh, Sweating Bullets by Megadeth, Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney, Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews Band. You know, Run Like Hell and Mother by Pink Floyd both went yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, another one, Bites the Dust and Killer Queen. 
by Queen. Yeah. Aeroplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, that's about drugs, right? Oh, yeah. I don't really understand. I don't ever want to feel like I did that day. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot like Fly by Sugar Ray. I mean, you're getting like literal like do not mention the word fly. Yeah, fly, aeroplanes, flight. Yeah. Falling, crashing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty it's pretty fucking mad. Um mm. you've got a list of song of albums that were released on that day, right? I have, yes. Yeah, I have. Uh it's uh yeah, it's quite it's, it's quite an interesting list. I mean um, well, I I say it's, it is I mean it is genuinely interesting. List. one of the one of the records it says that was released on nine eleven was Toxicity. It wasn't that was released the week before. Yeah. And it was number one mm-hmm. the week of nine eleven. Um but yeah, the first one up is um Nickelback, Silver Side Up. Really? Was released on 9-11 I mean it would in be, America this is it would be churlish of me to say that means that 9-11 wasn't the worst thing that happened that day no yeah. but I'm not, <laughs> not going to do that because yeah uh, Lion-O singing uh, How You Remind Me yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah the, the ex av- ex-husband of Avril Lavigne it is yeah talk about Avril Lavigne again it's mad she likes Canadians because she was with Mr. Wibbly as Derek well, Wibbly, wasn't yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, another album was released on 9-11. Um, bear in mind, I'm literally just reading through this article as is. I haven't actually fact-checked any of okay. this. Good. So, uh, yeah, because where's the fun in that? No, no, no. Yeah. Don't need to do that. Well, I'm going to fact-check it on Wikipedia, which is all bullshit anyway. So it's like, it kind of defeats the fucking object, really. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Slayer, God hates us all. And they got in a lot of fucking trouble for that. Was... Yeah, cause, yeah, like it was... That was there. Well, you know, mm. you, 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 there's a lot of things you can say. You know, that sometimes the Slayer are kind of intentionally, you know, looking for something. But I, I generally don't think. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. Uh, Pod. Satellite. Right. Um. Yeah. Big albums. Those. These are big really. albums. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, but God hates all. God hates all. That's the new metal one, isn't it? It's not very good. But no, no, no. Huge artist. God hates all. Yeah, P.O.D. Satellite. That was that was a big album, yeah. man. You know, Youth of the Nation and all that. Um, yeah, going down. We got um, oh, going down. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. Sorry. Um, Mercury Rev. All his dream. Okay. AKA the best Mercury Rev. That was a fantastic album. I uh, saw him on that tour. It's wonderful. Um, is the highest chart in the UK album? Um, ben Folds, oh, Ben Folds solo, Rock in the Suburbs. Great, I what love that album. album. Yeah, brilliant what album. When I went out, wow, wow. I mean, that um, really is something yeah. where you go, well, that just doesn't fit the mood of the time at all, uh, does it? No, which is why I think that album pretty early Cr- did kind of die. It just it died completely on went under the radar, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's such a good? Album, I mean, it's I a similar thing with like. The first episode of the Armando Iannucci shows, if any of you ever seen that comedy fans, yeah. was aired like on September the thirteenth or something, like a couple of days after September eleventh, right. and they put it on at first, and it was supposed to be like you know it's a big sort of follow up to the day to day, and because 
it's so yeah. dark and weird. People, they, yeah. Channel Four just went off, oh, no. put it on at like half eleven on a Wednesday. Now, fuck it, and it yeah. just flopped completely right. because of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like it. It's great. It was decent. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, Bob Dylan, Love and Theft, big album. Mm. That was the, it. Was the one after his after Time Out of Mind, which was like the big comeback. Yeah, after years of just releasing absolute toss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Love, Love and Fest, all right, man. It's nowhere near as good as Time Out of Mind, but um, I put the biggest album that came out on uh, on nine eleven was The Blueprint. But Jay Z and uh, a very again very New Yorky album, right? Like a really hard, hard not life and yeah. All yeah, 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 yeah. Like Big. A, a fucking massive record, massive yeah. record. And again, yeah, I mean, like the Takeover, Renegade, yeah, Takeover, man, it's yeah. Wow, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that feels like the kind of, I guess that and toxicity, for different reasons that are like they're pretty definitive albums from, um, you know that period, and you whack in the strokes yeah. of it as well, and you just think, okay, well that's what music yep. really, really looked like at that time. Um, I think it's also interesting to note the amount of songs that have in, that have come from it. I mean, I think the thing that so many people said was that we, you know looking back now we never got the vietnam-esque explosion of you know protest music and art and changing culture i don't think that you know we were we were maybe promised that we were going to get there is a list of songs about 9-11 on um or that contain lyrics referencing 9-11 some of them are are a, are a bit like conspiracy theory you know there's a few that are like oh yeah. did they did they really do it it's a mystery sort of thing um tori amos um from a 2002 album um scarlet's walk wrote a song called i can't see new york which is um taken from the perspective of a, an airplane passenger on september the 11th circling new york and the wow. world trade center I don't know if you're aware of that song. No, no, I was, but I, I was sort of only really into kind of Tori Amos for the first couple of albums, really. Yeah, well, I boys for Pele, first three. Yeah, yeah for me. Um, yeah. it's a good song. Um, you've got Antichrist Ter- Television Blues by Arcade Fire from the Neon Bible, um, yeah. which the lyric I don't want to work in a building downtown. I don't know what I'm going to do because the planes keep crashing always two by two. But it feels like a pretty kind of, you know. Uh, on the nose um, mm. mention of it there's songs like I mean Hunting for Witches by Block Party for A Weekend in the City which obviously comes out in 2007 comes out six years after this and I don't think that is a song which is explicitly about actual the events of 9-11 but at the same time that is one of the few songs I think from that period um, or one of the few bands where they really you know he, Kelly really kind of tries to tap into what was then you know uh, like rising rampant Islamophobia and you know also this this would have been in the aftermath of the 2006 7-7 yeah. um, attacks as well which again was I mean I would say for me being in London that day like even scarier even scarier yeah and yeah. you know what what what's happened since then i mean i think it's 
is it the maddest thing in the world to think that like when you look at the sort of the division in people today when you look at the sort of um you know the the, the kind of the sort of the anger and the hatred and the you know like the constant kind of um just negativity and the rise of like some really quite horrible ideologies you can really kind of you can trace it all back to to this really i know we're kind of getting that is slightly off topic of music but i think that like hunting for witches is a song that i always thought was really powerful because i really was like oh yeah shit like you have i've noticed this like i've noticed you know we think of what happened to jean charles de menez in stockwell tube station a brazilian guy yeah. running for the tube yeah. like in the aftermath of the 7-7 and he dies because of that and uh, you know and, and, and you think of yeah the kind of the anti I don't remember as a kid people having a problem specifically with Islam or Muslims I they're, they're, don't get me wrong there were racist people in my oh, yeah. village obviously yeah. But they didn't specify. They just didn't like people of different descent or with brown skin. They didn't seem to specify. It's Muslims, right? And then this no, is when yeah. that happens. I think and this is when it went over to religion. Yeah, and it's fucking. Uh-huh. You know, and I think like if you listen to Hunting for Witches, like it, it, he really brilliantly kind of articulates just how fucking horrible. So fucking horrible. Like things got. They got really you know in this country you, you if you're from this country you know if you're listening in america or probably wherever you're listening you know how fucking horrible and it's weird because i tell you what i saw like this again slightly off topic but i saw um uh, i watched a youtube thing the other day from a guy who i really like jimmy the giant who's a youtuber he's really good he's, bit, he's probably about 10 years younger than me so this is maybe why he thinks this but he was going oh the 2000s weren't the 2000s great weren't they great weren't they so much fun and he was talking about comedy music movies from the 2000s i said oh the, what, the best time to grow up was the 2000s and i just thought are you fucking mad and then he went i mean there was a couple of terrorist attacks and we did have a, glo- <laughs> a global financial crash and i was like yeah the 2000s was awful mate it was rubbish it's horrible it was, it was fucking Terrible. rubbish like for a myriad of reasons for a myriad of reasons <laughs> But yeah. like, I guess whenever you grow up, you think it's the the best time. Best. Um, True. Even if it is, you know, the two thousands, which I always think of as being like a pretty fucking grim, pretty fucking we'll grim see. fucking time. I mean, not like it's mm. got much less grim since then, but like, I always think of that as being like a really grim fucking time. And yeah, and this is sort of where it all starts. I mean, it was. I'd, I, I do sometimes think it was kind of grim because, you know, obviously loads of loads of fucked up shit happened in the nineties. But in the nineties, we were living at home, kind of kind of shielded and protected, I guess, to a point. Um, you know, there wasn't the twenty four hour rolling news. You weren't as aware of kind of global events because we were, you know, you're an early teen or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you don't really kind of know that stuff really. Um, obviously, by the two thousands, we'd moved out of home. Yeah, you get exposed to a lot of stuff. The internet was a th- massive thing by that point. You were exposed to everything twenty four seven, and yeah, <laughs> two terrorist attacks. Like it just, it just goes. Oh yeah, there was that thing. Yeah, <laughs> blimey. <laughs> wow. I mean, you've also got the rising by Bruce Springsteen, which comes out in two thousand two. Yeah, which yeah, I think well, is that fight... mention a kind of its its own mention, right? Oh, but there's that there's that incredible story. Um, 
I, I really hope it is true. You know, it's kind of gone into kind of legend now that Bruce uh, Bruce Springsteen was sat in his car at the traffic lights, and the car pulled up beside him, and you know the windows were down, and apparently the person in the other car was just like, "We need you, Bruce." You know, like the bat signal. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you know, got got the street band back together, and he obviously released the Rising, which is was his biggest selling album in years mm. and his best album in a long time it's his best album since Born in the USA uh, and there's obviously the tracks now like My City in Ruins Mary's Place uh, is Mary's Place the, the title track as well man yeah. oh, when, that, when that first la la na 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 okay, oh it's, yeah it sends shivers down my spine yeah there's so many you know like obviously so much of that album is told from is, is, is in character from the perspective of somebody who's going through that specific event and yeah. there's not many like I said there's not many albums um, that I think you could kind of say that like a song like Empty Sky which is specifically about you know I wish I could have one more moment with the person who was killed during the terror attacks, like a, a, a widow thing. Like, like it sounds a bit cheesy to be like, "Oh, Bruce Springsteen came and he, you know, and he made this great album and everyone felt better." And it's like, you know, like yeah, you could say that is kind of a, it's cheesy or you know, whatever. But I do think that the result of 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 what he made, the reasons why he made it, I think they're really. I think they're really lovely, a really lovely reason to make a record and a really poignant, yeah. beautiful result of the record that he made. I think The Rising is like a, a really, a really great record. Um, it is, it's, it's top tier Springsteen. Yeah. Um, Skylines and Turnstiles by My Chemical Romance. Now, again, My Chemical Romance become the definitive rock band of the 2000s and form on 9-11 Gerard yeah. Way was on his way to work and saw with his own eyes the attack on the Twin Towers and decided to, to form a band was like I don't know what I'm doing in my life I need to do something I'm going to form a band and Skylines and Turnstiles from I Brought You My Bullets You Brought You My Love I don't think it's a great album but you know um, that thing where he's like I, I, I've i got a mundane you know I, I'm going to detail the mundane dull nine to five day of New Yorkers and you know the description of Broken City um, and a world without the Twin Towers again like you know My Chemical Romance are a band that get a lot of and, and got a lot of shit from people I actually think that when you consider where they've come from and why they formed, it's one of the reasons why I do have a hell of a lot of respect for My Chemical Romance. And I do think that they are a proper kind of, a, a genuine artistic force as a band because it's an incredible story. It's an incredible story. And it's a, again, it's a, it's an amazing thing to be, to see something like that and go, I need to do something with my life. Let's put everything into perspective. I need to do something in my life and you become the biggest band of your generation. I'm not saying like, oh, it's you know, it's worth the 9-11 terror attacks happening. I'm definitely not saying that. But what I am saying is that that is how people 
should have reacted to this event that is how you go well that's what i want i don't want to kind of be scared and fearful and hate-filled and you know be horrible like all those people that kelly ockery is speaking about in hunting for witches like you don't want to be one of those people yeah. go out and create yeah. go and actually go like let, let me try and make the world a better part let me try and make people happy let me try and give people something like like try and kind of counterbalance the ugliness of what i've just seen i think that's fucking beautiful i think that's really really good and it's one of the reasons why i do yeah i, I really do respect my chemical romance i do respect jared way as a, as a person i think that's he I think he's a a really a, a really good guy you know yeah i completely agree um the other thing that we should talk i mean again like we got american idiot i guess like the war on errorism by uh yeah. no effects yeah. shoot the dog as well by george michael <laughs> a few years later the only song of george michael's that i cannot defend really. it's not a great song no, it's not but i think to end with the big one really in terms of music when you think of um, sort of September 11th and the war on terror and the aftermath and you think of a musical artist that immediately spring to mind for me it's the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks as they are now known yeah. and the controversy surrounding the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks I should say um in March 2003 when they performed at the Shepherd's Bush Empire in March 2003 and um, said just so you know we're on the good side with you all we do not want this war this violence and we're ashamed that the presidents of the United States is from Texas as they are a Texan band and all fucking hell breaks loose all oh, fucking just. hell breaks loose and they become pretty much the most hated band in america at that point it was fucking insane i mean have you ever seen um shut up and sing the oh yeah yeah see i i fucking can i shock you i fucking love the dixie chick or the chicks hmm. i always did i was like oh fucking brilliant i'm a i'm a kind of sucker for sickly sweet country music like that but when it's done right when it's done well fucking amazing yeah and that documentary is absolutely superb yeah i mean look <laughs> uh, this is a point where i, I think again to, to bring it back to like music really um and what happened with like away from well it's not even away from politics but it's, uh, almost to bring away from music i should say rather is that like when they did that I never thought for a minute the reaction would be let's fucking death threats, kill their career, drop from record labels, well, drop from this. If they if they weren't from Texas. Well mate, that's the thing, isn't it? It's because that's really don't fucking mess with Texas. That's <laughs> really fucking commonplace now. That's commonplace on both sides of the political spectrum. I and mean, I know I know we haven't spoken about it like but obviously we're aware of what's recently happened with Rasheen Murphy. Today Rasheen Murphy's um yeah. stuff was pulled from um from the BBC, the things that she was gonna have put in out has been pulled on the BBC due to oh, the the, yeah. the the you know, the kind of her um I think aligning herself with some pretty reprehensible people and maybe sharing some pretty ignorant views i actually like we didn't speak about this before i don't i don't think rasheen murphy seems like an evil person she maybe just seems like somebody who 
has said something that she's not really thought through i think do you know what i mean like that's what mm. i what i think um i don't want to shit on rasheen murphy um i don't really want to shit on anyone particularly but um i do have certain problems with you know what she said to be honest but um yeah, i don't know same. if i want to go into it particularly i might go into it should i go into it since we're being serious i can go into it really quickly I mean, look, here's, here's the thing, right? I think, yeah. you know, you, with stuff like this, you go, I remember my mum saying to me once about someone was moaning about something that happened to them and she was like, you might think the punishment doesn't fit the crime, but that doesn't mean it's not a crime. And yeah. um, uh, Rasheed Murphy's sort of talking about puberty blockers. I've got I know nothing at all about puberty blockers. I know absolutely nothing about them at all. So I do know that. And, you know, like what, talking about the long-term effects of these things, and all we don't know what might happen with the long-term effects of puberty blockers. I tell you, we do know what the long-term effects are of is <laughs> stunting the freedom of expression of your children. You, you can tell you know what happens there. Like yep. my my mate, my best mate, right? This is quite a personal story, and this I suppose this is sort of heightened for me this week. But my mate's my mate's gay, right? He's mm. he's gay. And he said to me, he's known he's gay since he was four. This is before I even had met him, right? Like we met when we were about seven or eight. And he said to me, from the age of four, I knew I was gay. And so this thing where some people go like, oh, if you can't, what, you want my children, child says, he's a tree. Well, I'm just going to plant him or something. And you go like, fucking hell. If you can't tell the difference between your kid going, mummy, mummy, I'm a, uh, daddy, I'm a tree. And holding themselves up a tree. And your child coming to you and saying, I'm really seriously tormented by I don't understand why you're referring to me as a boy and I don't like if you can't tell the difference between that you're maybe not a very good parent like sorry to say that but yeah. maybe you're not a very good parent um, my mate told me he knew he was gay from the age of four his cousin was also gay and in his family right his cousin came out to his dad his mum and dad sat at a dinner table came out to him and said I've got something to tell you I'm gay his dad stood up, walked to the other side of the table, punched him in the face, and that is the last time he ever acknowledged him in his life. Right? Fuck me. And so, my mate... Jesus Christ. I, I'm not, I wasn't expecting you to say that. So, my mate, understandably, never came out to his parents. He never, <laughs> ever, ever... Since he's four years old, he knew he was. He never came out to his parents. Never. And his dad died. His dad went to his grave, kind of knowing that my mate was gay, but not ever really knowing, right? And mm. the thing that's upsetting about all of this to me is that I know that he can't have relationships. Like he's never had a relationship. He's on antidepressants. He's recently, like, I spoke to him last week. He like was he's a teacher he was at school he said he was in the middle of assembly had to walk out because he started crying because he halved the his antidepressants which he's been taking for fucking decades and he couldn't cope and he called me and he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna end it all i can't cope and he's just he said i can't find any joy in life and all of this can be fucking taken all the way back to the point where he wasn't allowed to express who he actually was yeah. to his parents right and so he's he's been too ashamed to have a relationship so he's never had a relationship so he's on his own he's depressed 
he's unsure of himself he's got anxiety he's been on antidepressants for literally fucking decades so you can tell me that like oh well we don't know what might happen with puberty blockers in blah, 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 years and years and years okay i tell you what we can fucking tell you though i tell you what i can 100 percent tell you is if you don't let your child express who they want to be they're gonna have a fucking shit life and they're gonna be yeah. fucking unhappy and i don't really know what this has got to do with what we're talking about in the podcast it's taken a bit of a weird turn but um i think the point is um yeah i think the point is i don't think rasheen murphy i think she should just shut her mouth basically i, I think she should have just like i don't think it's got anything to do with her i think she just shut up but also um I don't necessarily think that makes her an evil person. I think it makes her maybe a stupid one or one who hasn't really thought about that. But I don't think it makes her a, a, a kind of evil person who shouldn't be allowed to have people listen to their music. But that's just my own personal opinion on that, right? Um, mm. But yeah, you see what has happened to the Dixie Chicks happen more and more and more and more over the years. And people get really, really kind of extreme reactions to lots and lots of different things and i think it's it's pretty it's pretty horrible even even if it is something that i actually disagree with you know like fucking hell morris you think the shit morrissey fucking says and like people just like yeah we'll carry on playing the smiths we'll carry on playing morrissey on the radio and i am like yeah fucking hell like he's he yeah. seems like a not a nice person do you know what i mean fucking no. hell, I've, lo I've lost exactly what it is that i'm talking about here Gaz, say something. <laughs> say something. <laughs> well, you were talking about like you know the chicks getting cancelled, and um, I mean, were they were they the first people to come out and kind of actually criticise the actions of the US government and their reasons for starting that war? I'm not sure they were. I mean, I think, you know, actually we've we've got the um I've got the September 29th 2001 Kerrang here as well. And yeah. Rage Against the Machine, it's talking about the radio crackdown. Rage Against the Machine saying, you know, the CIA have basically blocked our website. And you know yeah. that Rage Against the Machine would have spoken up about it. Tom Morello would have oh, said gotcha. something about it. Of course they would. I I remember a news story at the time but like the like Tom Morello saying his phone was tapped. Mm yeah this kind of stuff you know i mean yeah the, uh, violent threats and inflammatory messages is what is their reason for shutting regents machine down it says here that happened like two weeks later so you know th that like whoever it was people went hard if you kind of spoke up against it if you weren't kind of on like, yeah but regents yeah but regents machine weren't cancelled like no no that, they weren't right is it because they were a fuck you i'm gonna do you tell me like agit well they were band. they were cancelled on radio like their songs like i just said their entire back catalog was was scratched from radio you what you wouldn't hear rage for a long time in that scenario i guess because they had always openly been like you know we are communists um, it's harder for them to go, oh, we've just found out that you're communists. I mean, it didn't stop, you know, killing the name being used by Trump supporters a few years ago and <laughs> that being like very, yeah. very ironic. But yeah, um, maybe purely because of how explicit the Dixie Chicks, or the Chicks, I should say, were about George Bush, 
coming from where they came from in a yes, in a in a country yes. where you know it what they weren't in america they weren't in front of their usual fan base yeah. and all of that stuff would be a massive slap in the face to those particular people and it worked like to to all to intents and purposes it it worked for a bit i mean you know like i i don't know if their their career has ever recovered with those particular people no, you go and you go and get yourself you know you see that they were doing shit with eddie vedder and there were people like fleetwood mac were coming and being like oh you come and do a song with us and they got embraced by a different part of the music industry now again yeah. to give it the sort of the similar to, to, to give it a kind of a, a modern example i have seen a lot of people going oh i've never i'm gonna buy rasheen murphy's album like you know she's gonna get her best charting position purely on the basis of people who are like oh i'm going to support you just because you know you've said something that i i agree with and mm. how long are those people going to be there for my 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 hope is is that she doesn't turn into a fucking you know the the, the bass player from mumford and sons and go f all the <laughs> way down there because yeah. i think she did I, I mean i actually think that she did go i, th I think she did actually apologize i believe i haven't properly looked it up yet but i believe yeah she, she had she, she yeah she has apologized but I mean, it doesn't always. Once it's done, it's done. Does it come from her, or does that come from a fucking PR Who knows? going? Who knows? We've got we, we've got an album campaign to save here. You know, obviously the BBC have obviously cancelled kind of everything that she. I know she was doing like could be doing like a load of shit on um, Six Music, mm -hmm. like artists in residence and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's all gone. Yeah. I think. But, but look, mate. Like, I mean, you know, again, are there parallels with the Dixie Chicks there? Mm, like sort of but you know I guess. they're very very kind of it's very they're, they're very fuzzy kind of parallels aren't they they're very very fuzzy mm. parallels because ultimately but i guess the parallels is in like they're kind of like the hot topic of the time yeah maybe yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and i guess yeah i mean i guess i think i think one of them were right and one of them was wrong basically so um <laughs> that that's kind Very of why true. i'm like oh i'm not really sure yeah but yeah like yeah. i i don't know um but i do think if your music you know if your music doesn't reflect that at all i don't know i don't know what i don't know what, what point you just go those people but look it's, it's happened to a it's happened to a lot of people since yeah. the, the and I, you know the, i'm sure you know like people were burning fucking beatles records when they compared themselves to jesus and you know they had the whole well, yeah, kind of trying well, to cancel um yeah uh, but and, and get rid there's of, all the footage of the beatles albums getting yeah, burnt filthy you we, we spoke about the filthy the filthy 15 recently and yeah. all that kind of stuff so you know like there's a lot of precedence for a lot of this stuff happening over many many years but i with the the visceral hatred that people had of like of the Dixie Chicks felt really, really, really extreme. And I think, yeah, it's just another example. Music became what kind of society has became uh, has become. I think, which is like massively polarizing. And mm. you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it it felt I don't know. It felt like a lot of people just shut the fuck up about it like a lot of people shut the fuck up about it back then a lot of people shut the fuck up about things now mm. and um they're the ones who kind of get to just roll on through life but the ones who kind of stick their head up above stuff you either get it blown off or you get it kind of i don't know 
<laughs> even slightly wounded and if you watch that documentary if you watch that documentary about chicks it is fucking yeah. it is fucking mental I mean they yeah, got called is. traitors Saddam's angels you know yep. Dixie sluts all this kind of stuff like it was grim man grim mm-hmm. yeah um it's a, it's you know it's something which you would think like how much actual impact did it have on the music industry well it had a massive impact on the whole world and um and it, i think it i think it still does today and um yeah that's that's what i think it's a just a, just a maybe this is a quite a, quite a grim idea we were having a nice time earlier gas we were having a nice time I know we're talking about Ruben and that's mm, kind of dark so, uh, now, isn't it? Well, maybe put the big light on, mate. I might do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Appreciate that. Uh, we will start doing um, some reviews. Probably a fun thing next week. Decent fun. Decent about UK garage. That'd be great. Keep the energy levels up. <laughs> yeah. definitely Um, All right. good thanks very much for listening everyone we'll see you next week go to patreon.com forward slash true cult pop we've got suicide silence waiting for you over there and uh, and Madonna and Madonna coming this week and Madonna Uh, All right. we'll speak to you then well you'll, you'll listen to us speak then I should say see you later love you bye